0: Friday February the 3rd 2023 thanks for tuning in to another episode of that's what G said podcast got a horse racing heavy episode for you with some Friday golf and Friday Santa Anita best bets then we're joined by Angela Herman to talk about Saturday Gulfstream park and their graded stakes they have a uh, Five graded stakes on the card So we talk about all those graded stakes races The late pick 4 and then the sway a little earlier On the card uh, Colin Sheehan joins me to talk about Santa Anita And their graded stakes races Not a great one in the Bob Lewis Just a field of 4 But there are a couple of good betting races on the card So we talk about the 4 graded stakes race there And then we'll close it out with this week In wrestling with Chad Cooper Royal Rumble Post Thoughts, Monday Night Raw NXT they have the Vengeance Day coming up this weekend, so it was their go-home show for their uh, big weekend show. And we talked about AEW Dynamite on this episode. Of That's what she said. That is presented by Better Than Vegas at BTV Bets. Go give them a follow right now on BTV Bets. We'll be making the shift on over and start talking a lot of basketball, and we'll be doing that on on this show too in the coming weeks. Next week we'll have a big. You know Super Bowl heavy episode with Eric and we'll talk all about Super Bowl and lots of props. We'll preview the game. Following that, we'll dive into basketball. We'll have weekly NBA segments and in those segments, we'll probably also have some college basketball conversation. We'll definitely get into college basketball a little heavier around conference tournaments and then NCAA tournament time. And On Better Than Vegas at BTV Bets, we will have college basketball shows now every Saturday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, previewing that week's Slate of games, some of the biggest games on the slate, and then some other best bets. And then on Sunday, it'll be an NBA show at noon Eastern Time. So if you want to start uh, taking notes and getting ready, set those alarms on uh, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday morning, noon Eastern Time, college basketball Saturday, NBA Sunday over at BTV Bets. Well, let's dive on into horse racing right away. We'll start talking about the uh, Friday races. We have some best bets at Gulfstream and some best bets over at Santa Anita. Mm horse racing fans many of us have been using the DRF the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets Get real time odds and scratches on race day You can tap on any horse, And you get those same DRF past performances That you're familiar with With a larger font for your mobile display One click to formulator for charts For replays if you get the formulator version And even on the classic past performances You get the home screen with horses With odds, with buyers You get a lifetime buyer speed Figure graph, you can rotate your phone For the best view And any horse that you click on You'll see the running lines, you can easily move From horse to horse The same data as those traditional Classic DRF past performances You get an interactive format Which is Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone Cross device functionality You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next And then access your account on any of your devices On the go handicapping and wagering
1: True. But no, 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 stable duel. download the stable duel app and play today
0: we have that weekly stable duel live stream every friday morning this weekend in stable duel 10 o'clock a.m eastern time on friday morning myself Barry Spears, Matt DeSantis we all give out some of our best bets for Friday and for Saturday races for the next couple months, a lot of Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park, so we'll be talking about those tracks every single weekend over the next few months best bets for Friday and for Saturday we tell you all about which contests will be available to play in for Stable Duel and we only give out horses that are 5-1 to and above we don't even bother with horses that are shorter than that on the morning line, because We're trying to give you prices It's the no chalk zone We're digging deep We're looking for big bombs that can really help Your day, your week, your month This weekend in Stable Duel Let's talk about some plays for uh, Gulfstream Park for Friday Then we'll get over to Santa Anita for Friday So I have three uh, plays, three races I'm looking at For Gulfstream Let's look at race number one For Friday, the number 10 to the outside, Max Swagger, comes out of a pretty live race. Dude in Colorado is going to be entered in a stakes race, graded stakes race, over the weekend. One of the horses that comes out of that race is named Mooncat. They finished 4th in that December 24th race. Following that, Mooncat came back to win a Maiden Special 8 next out. The 3rd place finisher in that race came back to finish 3rd again in a Maiden Special 8 race. So the race has come back very strong, and now Max Swagger will drop in class. We'll add the blinkers. We'll get Lasix for the first time and moves to turf. And he's actually really bred for it. He has two winning turf siblings, both of the siblings to race, one on the turf. One was a multiple winner, and one is stakes placed on the grass. Lots of turf there, class relief, lots of little changes for Max Swagger, who is six to one on the morning line. If we can get anything over seven to two, I'm going to make a win wager there on Maxi. As we move to race number four, let's take a look at the seven ten extra. This is a maiden special weight race. I don't really think it's the strongest race in the world. I don't love some of the horses who have run. Um, And I'm I'm looking to the outside with 10 extra. I actually think he's a bit sneaky in here. So he's going to go second start off a nine-month break. We know he has a little bit of route speed. And in that race at Turfway, he actually sat in a, a pretty nice spot in his first start since February. So he needed the race last time out And there's really not all that much Proven speed in here So I think he could just be sitting close in a race That's seen a few horses Show speed going longer Zakari might be Forwardly placed in here But he's not exactly a speed demon And you have Jonas's Dream who's adding the blinkers He's shown speed going a little bit longer I think 10 extra could sit a nice spot From the outside And 12 to 1 on the morning line So anything around 8 or so it was a uh, fair value on that one. As we move to race number 8, let's take a look at a, a mile-and-a-half turf race here. I'm going to go to the number 7, Haku, who drew post 10 in the career debut, going a mile. So, wide post, going long first time out, and he won really nicely. He settled about fifth, maybe 5 or 6 lengths off early, and then he moved in between horses, and then 3 wide going into the turn, big move. I was really impressed with that effort. I kind of kept the note. Um, it was at, at Tampa on December the 28th, and uh, Haku is one, Hoku is one who's definitely alive uh, and I think has some real ability. So it's a good spot for this one who is six to 6-1 on the morning line. Three plays for you for Gulfstream Park on Friday. Best of luck Friday at Gulfstream. Let's turn the page and head on over to Santa Anita. We'll take a look at a couple for Santa Anita. Okay, let's start in race number four. On Friday at Santa Anita. And I'm going to look at the number 7 in here. Super Renee. If you just isolate her 4 turf races. 2 of them are at a mile. Those races are a little bit too far. Now she's going to. The 2 sprint races are really good. She was 2nd in both of them. In sprinting on the turf. Now she'll drop. She cuts back, and she gets back to the turf. She was going six and a half last time out on the dirt, and her last couple races have been in tougher spots. I think she fits really well in here, and she's a a bit of a sneaky price. She's around six to one or so. I think she'll be in that five to one range, and that feels fair. Anything four plus is, uh, is fine. On the number seven, Super Renee. Make sure to throw her in all of your exotics there on Friday. Next up, let's turn to the sixth race. We'll go a mile and an eighth on the turf here. An optional 80 non-winners of two for Phillies and Mares four and up. I like the four in here gold for kitten. This five-year-old mare is going to put two starts together after some recent layoff lines. She's just kind of had a tough time keeping on the racetrack. You know, she raced back in August of 2021. Then she was off for a few months. October of 2021. Off for a few months back in January And February and then she was off From February of 2022 till November of 2022 then you know She showed up off again for a few Months it's nice to see her put a few Together and she'll stretch out from Six and a half to a mile and an eighth When she's gone longer She's been right on the lead or Close to it there is not Much other speed in this race At all I hope they get aggressive With her Um, I'm hoping she's forwardly placed and just right on the engine macadamia could be close up and you know maybe one or two others like TikTok famous i could see maybe showing a little bit of speed even freedom Last if they got aggressive but the, the the horse who's the most naturally fast in this race is gold for kitten and uh i like the uh the prospect of this one getting on the front end so that's the four gold for kitten in race number six Let's move to the 8th race at Santa Anita on Friday. Made in special weights It's the Calbred race. Going a mile on the turf for 3-year-olds. I like the 6 in here. JD's Rude Boy. The synthetic debut at Golden Gate was really good. It was sprinting on the synthetic. Going 5.5. Second start going 6 on the synthetic. Didn't show a whole lot in that race. Actually was favored in that race. And it was a big field but was well beaten. Was beaten double digit lengths. But Will now stretch out. So two sprints to a route. Goes to the turf. The dam only was... uh, Only raced on the turf twice. Was 0 for 2 and finished 3rd in one of those starts. But she did produce three siblings that raced on the turf. And two of them were uh, turf winners. And now JD's Rude Boy is going to move back in with Cal I think uh, he will be a little bit closer early on. I like the spot for the number 6. J.D.'s Rude Boy 8-1 on the morning line There's a look at a couple of our plays For Friday at Santa Anita Good luck Friday Golf Stream Good luck Friday Santa Anita And then after you make all this money And uh, you're looking to upgrade your home You head on over To contact Cindy Caraba, Full service realtor She's been a longtime sponsor of That's What She Said Podcast and she can help you out with buying With selling, with leasing She can connect you with the right type of vendors you know if you're looking for home improvement like gardeners landscapers painters all sorts of folks that she's worked with and she has experience working with in her own homes now if you need help with the uh, the loan process she can connect you with the right type of lender that will expedite that that will make it much easier for you that will help you along and uh, that's what her job is just making your life easier she will save you uh, tons of time tons of energy and she knows anything that's going on with the market right now if you're looking for a market analysis she'll do a free market analysis of your home's value the website c i n d y c a r a v a .com cindycarava.com let's continue along up next We head to Gulfstream Park. Angela Herman, who does great work over at Canterbury. She's actually been over at Gulfstream Park recently. She's been on the broadcast helping out uh, the last few weeks. She helps us dissect the Gulfstream Park stakes races. So we dive into race 6. And then we also discuss races 9, 10, 11, and 12. The late pick for all graded stakes races. But first, we head to race number 6, which is uh, the Swale. Now, we did record this and when we recorded it you can actually watch uh, the video with the daily racing form past performances so if you're interested in watching this video and also the one that we recorded with colin you can uh, check that out on social media i'll have them um streamed so if you want to follow along with the past performances and kind of see some of the stuff that we're talking about with those horses first up Santa anita or excuse me first up Gulfstream saturday with angela Another big weekend at Gulfstream Park. They had a big weekend last weekend and right back again to Gulfstream with what? One, two, three, four, five stakes races, five graded stakes races, and we need a little help. So we call in one of our good friends. She was actually out at Gulfstream Park uh, last weekend. You've seen her out there uh, here and there the last few weeks. We know her. She's been a big part of the Canterbury team for years now. Fantastic handicapper. Someone I love talking races with all the time. Angela Herman. Angela, how you doing?
2: Hello, Gino. How are you?
0: Doing great. Thanks so much for hanging out. We saw you and heard you at Gulfstream Park last week, so you've been doing a, a little work with them, and uh, we we know all the fantastic work you've done at Canterbury. And This is a, a fun time of the year in racing, right? Because now we all start really paying attention to the Kentucky Derby prep races, the Oaks prep races. It seems like every weekend it's a different racetrack that gets to sort of have a spotlight. And this weekend, some Kentucky Derby points on the line at Gulfstream and um I guess there are kind of at Santa Anita but it's a race where <laughs> the four horses are all Baffert horses and none of them are really eligible for points so not really any points in that particular race but nonetheless these are important weekends because the road right we're on the road to the derby
2: yeah a, a turning of the page I guess you would say from breeders cut time back to triple crown trail and yep, every we had I was at the Pegasus last weekend, lucky enough to be a part of that. It seems kind of like the the cherry on top, putting a bow on the older handicap division because a lot of those horses are going off to different careers now. So now we turn our attention back to the 3 year olds, and they've done that majorly at Gulfstream on Saturday. And there's a little something for everybody. So as we go through these different races, we'll see some intersection of local horses, but some different faces as well that might be the late developing crowd of this three-year-old crop. So I'm interested to see how it shakes out.
0: Yeah, and I think in the races that we're going to talk about, we're going to focus on the uh, the stakes races, the graded stakes. So we're going to look at six, race six and then races nine through 12. A couple of them, not the greatest betting races in the world. Some of them aren't the strongest, but then we do have a couple of really nice betting races, a couple of grass races. So yeah, we'll get a little bit of everything in the races we are discussing as we take a look at the DRF past performances, if you ever need any. Help handicapping the races. Head to drf.com, and I'm I'm personally always the big fan of Formulator because it's so easy to get to the replays, and then one click to the charts, and then one click to pedigree information. Anything you need. Now they kept the sixth race, Angela, which is the Swale, the Grade Three Swale, out of a lot of the late exotics because there will be a heavy favorite in this race on the outside with super chow, who is five for six. He's a really nice three-year-old sprinter. He's done almost nothing wrong. He has one loss in the Saratoga special when he faced graded stakes company. Now he he's drawn pretty well and he's really quick. There's some other speed in here, but he's been in races with other speed and he's won the battle of those speeds before. And he's, and he's drawn well for a horse with his running style, But if we want to knock him a little bit or we want to, you know, always try to question a a heavy favorite, this will be the first time he tries to go seven furlongs. And the only time he went beyond six furlongs was when he lost. Now that was also against really tough company. So it probably wasn't just the distance that day. Let's talk a little bit about Super Chow because he's the horse to beat in here.
2: Yeah, uh, he, you really laid him out very nicely. He drew very favorably for his running style, even if he doesn't get the lead outright which is what he's done in his last three, he'll be able to stay in close contact. He, uh, we don't think he has much of a move to him yet. At least paper would indicate that. But given the lack of traffic that you would anticipate from that post, he and Chantal Sutherland will at least have the option to sit first or second if he needs to. But the Super Chow is going to be tough. I, I am not going to single him just based on what you said, the seven furlongs. And the fact that he was so good right away – I don't know how many more steps at this point he has in him forward. I agree with some of his competition. I do see a a bit more wiggle room to improve.
0: And we, and I think while his development is probably pretty close to like the top, we are also going to see him maybe hit the peak from distance at the same time, right? Those might be coming together simultaneously where he might've topped out. Some of these other horses are improving and they actually might be getting better with distance. Whereas the distance now might start to become an equalizer for a horse like him, who he was drifting out quite a bit at the top of the lane, but he kept going. It wasn't like he was ever really in, you know, uh, any peril of, of losing that race whatsoever. And he beat a horse like two of a kind who was also in that race, but if we're going to get around super chow, we're going to look to try to beat him. I thought there were a couple other pretty talented runners in here. Um, you know, that next tier of horses, I think we can make cases for a few. Uh, the one general Jim had legitimate trouble last time out. He was blocked. He was behind horses. He really never got a shot to run. And now the blinkers will come on and hopefully that can get him a little bit more focus. I would have no problem with someone showing a little more support to two of a kind thinking that he might've needed his last race and could step forward. And, and even araj, i I thought was pretty impressive in that debut. And I don't think he's necessarily in need the lead horse. So those are kind of that next tier of horses. Did you look at any of them favorably?
2: I definitely looked at Arraj very favorably. i uh, I had just left Gulfstream the day that Arraj debuted. And even though he did go off and under ten to one and took a little bit of money for a barn that is is good at getting horses ready, I thought that he was relatively cold on the board. He made an excellent impression on the track. He's a very attractive horse. And I didn't think that seven furlongs would hamper him the way that he finished up in that first race. Now, the D'Angelo Barn does very well locally. They're not as well known nationally. But, you know, in the couple of places that they are, usually they get more heavily bet than I think they will in this spot. And just the fact that this horse has only had the one star, won his maiden debut – I think we'll leave him at a decent number on the board. I don't expect six to one. I'd say nine to two. Some of the local support will go his way, but I read sees fit to hop aboard. And this is one of those horses that came around a touch later. And I really think has a, a big potential ahead of him. Now he has to prove it on a dry track, but the field that he beat wasn't bad. And, and the horse that finished last in that race, drinking problem one next out on the turf, going two turns, And then came back and actually won today. Of course, that's much different than the task that he's asked to do on Saturday. But Araj still, I think, showed enough in there where even if you don't think he can win, you can't toss him completely from the equation because he's going to be a fair value. And there's very obvious talent there.
0: Yeah, he was the horse that I I look the most favorably on to, Angela. I think he's going to be, based on like value, probably my top selection in here, and the horse who I'm the most interested in. And I don't think he's a need-the-lead horse. He, he drew the rail in his debut, so I think they just sort of used the rail, wanted to get aggressive and make sure that they didn't get into trouble. And then he didn't have as much pressure, so they just kind of went on with it. I don't think he'll be right on the lead in this race. I hope he's not. I'd love to see him sitting more off the pace in here a little bit. Third or fourth would be perfect he was kind of he looked a little green in his debut which I liked it was in the slop too so it doesn't really bother me that he's kind of out in the middle of the track a little bit he was clear and I I, he was the horse that I really thought was worth you know using and including in exotics and you know playing to win if we can get yeah six to one on the morning line I think what you said is fine like four to one plus feels like like nice value for him in this spot
2: I would say so and I I believe you're showing the replay right now, and this is not the most professional effort that you see out of a first-time starter, but like you said, that also gives room to improve in the tangibles, not just the talent, but the focus, straightening out, relaxing, listening to the rider a little bit more. People loved Infinite Series this day. I can recall that very well. He had a ton of works leading into that first start, and Arauj did too. He had a fair amount, but there were breaks in there and once they finally put all the pieces together he really exploded in that win and as you saw in the finish it didn't look like he was running on fumes at that point no. there's still more here with this horse so i'm pretty excited to see not only what he does in the swale but what happens maybe when they do finally put him around two turns
0: got to give a sh- yeah we're both on a rage in here um, and uh, i got to give a shout out to one of my buddies uh from uh, high school Scott Hogan when we were out at uh, at LaSalle High School we had a friend that we would always sort of laugh at because he was a real like like w- how you and I would joke about California guys and he would be like oh and we would talk about him and we called him Keano like and we would say oh bro Keano man what's going on how you doing so Keano Reeves who is one of the coolest dudes in the entire world. Shout out to Keano and shout out to one of my buddies who I know plays the races sometimes, uh, Scott Hogan, who was probably getting a laugh if he, uh, if he heard that one. So, a good look at the swale early on, uh, on the card before we get to the four graded stakes races that will end the Gulfstream Park Saturday card. Uh, anything else you want to mention about the uh, the swale before we move on?
2: I will say for General Jim, I know that he had, I mean, I say legit trouble, but. I didn't think that General Jim and Luis Saez really had to come to a, a screeching halt in the Mucho Macho Man. I thought It that- almost
0: seemed like he could have maybe pushed himself out there if he was at just maybe traveling a little bit better. I know what you mean. Yeah. He was kind of discouraged by it, but I thought he could have done a little bit more than he did. Um, that's fair. I, I wonder if they the try to again. get – Yeah, and I know, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like you would think – they would want to try to get a little more aggressive, but that's not, that wouldn't work out well in this race
1: trying to get more
0: so. aggressive. So no. he's probably going to want to just take back, sit and see if he can just tip to the outside and angle around, just get him to relax. But I agree with you. I just thought there was like a was the one that, that has the most like intrigue to me at the price. So let's, uh let's take a little swing there in race number six, as I'm we move. It. Go ahead. I said, I'm with you. Yeah, we're with it. We're with it. Let's move to the ninth. Uh, That's the Kittens Joy. This one kicks off the late pick four. And there are some uh, really important races this weekend as far as that coast-to-coast pick five is concerned. Um, And Santa Anita is also going to have the – I think the jackpot payout this weekend also. So there's a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. happening. That coast-to-coast pick five – the races are drawn for this weekend and uh, they will include a lot of the stakes races that you're going to see back and forth between Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita. So the schedule for this weekend, Angela, as I'm pulling it up right now, sananita.com. we've got Gulfstream's 9th, 10th, and 11th. So all these three races um, are going to, or go, excuse me, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So 10th, 11th, and 12th will all be a part of that pick five for uh, for coming up this weekend. Let's talk about it, Angela, in race number nine, the Kitten's Joy. So we have three-year-olds. We have mile in a 16th on the turf course for the distance. A lot of these horses we saw in the Danya Beach, four of them, and this should be kind of a fun competitive race. In that race, Candidate got the lead, and that was his third consecutive win. Maybe gets a little more pace pressure in here. Kind of curious to see if a couple of these horses try some different tactics. Obviously, Major Dude looks like a horse who... Could take a nice step forward off of that race. He was chasing lone speed. It was his first start back from the Breeders' Cup. And then you have some other wild card horses who I mean you can really make a case for a lot of these if you like them at prices. Who are some of the horses that were on your radar here?
2: I take your point with candidate. Uh and the Danya Beach impressed me more with Major Dude, but Major Dude is I don't want to say obvious on paper, but very well qualified to be the favorite. Put it yeah, that way. I finished up well enough. Yeah. Uh, yep, chasing loan speed
0: first start in a couple months closed well right. he can even get a little closer if he wants to I just he'll be sharper like not no real knocks
2: yeah and he he would probably be the most logical one that you'd point to if somebody was looking to really narrow this down yep. I was kind of interested in a couple to his outside though that being one of the other Todd Fletcher runners dude in Colorado who even though I don't think he'll get the lead outright I thought just was that much better than the field that he beat when they tried to put him on the turf and he went over to the all weather. And he finished up very well that day. Now, those fractions. Uh, they're not gonna blow you away, but that's why I don't think that this horse will be right up front and center. I also don't think he'll be six to one. Well, I would he beat say... and he beat
0: Mooncat, who's also in here, and that that race is good. That December twenty fourth race that was taken off this this race has come back pretty good. We've seen Fort Wilderness come back. He ran third in a maiden special eight. Mooncat came back to win when they were on the turf. There's a horse named Max Swagger who's actually running on Friday in a less uh, in a maiden claiming race, dropping in class, and I I think it's a strong race too. I He's a player. This this is a, f- a fun race, I think, a little bit like when you really start diving into each of these horses. They all have a pretty good amount of upside here.
2: Yeah. And there's different, just depending on what your angles typically are with these mm-hmm. horses, you can mold them into something that you could play. Absolutely. Say Magne- Magnifique, the horse that was second two back when Duke in Colorado was very well in His second start also came back to win for Chad Brown. Now, that was at Aqueduct, both over good turf courses, some things to work out there. But I was more impressed with his race at Gulfstream. It seemed like a very good prep and maybe impressive enough to his conditioners where they opted to put him in here. So I think maybe even they were a bit surprised at how well the horse ran. And his family is kind of a mixed bag when you look through there, but you do see multiple graded stakes winners in Australia, overseas, there's some different horses that can handle a lot of different things. So if it does rain and there is a, a very uncertain forecast coming for the weekend, dude in Colorado is a horse who's shown that he can handle things on the turf, yep. on that all weather down there, and he can show a little bit of speed to get himself out of any potential trouble. The other long shot that I was looking at is the have to pop a cat on the outside, Bobby O. Mark Cassie has a couple in here, but Jose Morelos is on the five, and Lights of Broadway does come out of the pulpit. Yes, I understand that they put this horse into a more recent race, but Bobby O has been working really, really well at palmettos If you can pull up some of the videos that are on XBTV, mm-hmm. you can see that this horse has grown up a bit and could be better than he was at two. Now, it could be very much viewed as a fluke the way that he won with anticipation because it was so slow up front. The figure didn't come back good. He was twenty-three to one. His more well-fancied stablemate was way back, and and the winner is came back to thump him in the Bourbon, but. At least they saw enough in, with this horse early on where they thought he would be a graded stakes type. I don't think that he meets the toughest field in the world to get back on track in the Kitten's Joy. He gets the outside. And the, for the price that he's going to be, and with the success that Mark Cassie and Jose Ortiz have had together down here, I thought he might be worth a second look. Do get yeah. a look at him on the track.
0: He And he should sit pretty close, too, in this race. I think he can sit real close. As he's shown... The, the, his best race was in the wind anticipation when he was right there on the lead, they were going slow, but he sat close in dirt races going a little bit quicker too. And I think in this race, I, I'm, I just don't know if candidates going to get the same type of trip. I just, I feel like there will be a little bit more pace pressure between a few of them in here. The one that I was a little intrigued by, I guess I, I might give him one more shot is Suzak, the, the two, who's going to make his second start in the U S for grand motion. And you know, in that race, In the Dania Beach, he got bumped around pretty bad at the start, and then he got forced really wide into the turn. And then he tried to move into the inside and he was in traffic. It just was not comfortable. He was bumping around. It was just not a very good trip for him. And then on top of that, he's chasing lone speed in his first start in a few months. And he has a rider who's really been struggling. Um, so all of those put together. Now you feel like Joel and Flavian and these guys who are so good, literally two of the best riders in the world are going to get out of the funk that they're in at some point, but you know, you don't want to take really short prices on them right now until you start to see it. And this horse isn't really going to be a short price. I think this is probably fair in the, in the six to 10 to one ish range for Suzak. I'd probably give him a shot in here, but I do agree with your assessment that I'll probably play this race with like major dude and, and, and probably one or two others in here. I like the case you built for a dude in Colorado he started to talk about lights at Broadway. I, I mean, he wouldn't be a shock to me. His race was fine. He was chasing lone speed. That was his first start on the turf. I, I, I don't mind him. I think I just like others a little bit more.
2: I, well, I, I don't like lights of Broadway. I thought it was just interesting to note that Jose Ortiz was on the horse who hasn't run since October. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jose Morelos, who Mark Cassie hardly uses as all, at all ends up on lights of Broadway. Now, uh, that's you know that's something way out of my control. I'm not in the office in the morning, so you know maybe there was maybe there was a fight to get onto the five. I strongly doubt it. But in mentioning riders, like you said, uh, Joel Rosario being in the slump that he is at the moment didn't seem to get along that well with Suzak yeah. when they. were No, you're there. right. They
0: didn't. They didn't at all. It was oh, the the first quarter was was brutal. It was like everything and when it's all that much trouble when it's like a slow start and then then you're in some traffic and then you're wide then you wonder it's just maybe the marriage here wasn't all that great could it (laughs) be better right you
2: can't take a horse and a jockey to couples therapy (laughs) right yeah i was gonna say with these
0: two Could, could it be better second time out sure but when someone's in a funk like that you just just demand value right make sure it's a price that you feel like is fair for for these horses right now um but yeah this is a this is kind of a fun race anything else uh, in here, worth mentioning?
2: No, I, I covered my points. I, I think that Major Dude is the horse to beat, but I am going to try to do so with Dude in Colorado and boppy O. And boppy O, as well as uh, your horse, Suzak, are two that I would want to look at on the track. See if Suzak is maybe trying to bite Joel Rosario or if he's yeah. listening to him in the warm up, <laughs> if they break off together and try to, you know, actually have some kind of rapport or if Suzak is just going to do what he wants and Joel Rosario is going to hang on for the ride. I I think that Bobby Ohm just off the layoff is worth noting if he's going to get hot coming back to the races or if he looks eager and ready to go, because I I don't think he's going to be 12 to one, but he's going to indicate a lot of his readiness just before the race.
0: Let's uh, continue along next to race number 10. We're in the forward gal, the grade three forward gal. And in this race, a couple horses that will uh, take a good amount of support are the three atomically who was only like six to one in the Breeders' cup. Juvenile Philly's going back and looking at it, um, coming <laughs> in off back-to-back victories. You have the six links. Who's intriguing both the seven and the eight come in off of really impressive victories. Red carpet ready is two for two undervalued asset won the debut for Chad Brown, and then towards the outside, Positano Sunset was a nice winner last time out, has improved in all three starts. So there's some directions to go in here. I don't know if anyone's going to be that overwhelming of a short price. It probably gets spread around between three or four in here.
2: I, this was probably the most exciting race for me to look at, the forward gal. Just, I've I've seen some of them, but Atomically was my pick in Juvenile Pillies. I mean, she stunk, but it was... It was not really a pick because I just loved what she did. I liked that they bought her and moved her way up in class. And I, it was a process of elimination sort of thing. I just was not in love with the two-year-old group that lined up for the juvenile fillies. Now, that being said, Atomically has also come back and done some great work for Todd Fletcher in the morning against some really serious horses. I mean, I believe that she's worked out... Um, a number of times down here, and been keeping heads up. Uh, the winner of the Demoiselle, oh, what's her name? I can't. It's just right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, that one. That's two for two, and those two were trading jabs all the way around the track at Palm Beach Downs. And she's not a very imposing horse when you see her in person, but she's got a lot of ability. And I think that she. Julia has shining the pleasure. It. Julia shining. I know. Yeah. I just pulled it up right now. Julia yeah, yeah, shining. Yeah is uh, I believe the one that she's been working with and they've been going head and head to Palm Beach Downs. And they both look good. And if Atomically has grown up and can do that same sort of thing because she's been on the inside where she drew today, she's willing to duel and go on. She's willing to set off the pace. She just has a lot of things in her corner. Now, I will say, if you're not impressed with what she's put in, you're not blown away by any of the state-bred races. You don't want Links. You don't want Atomically. Uh, Undervalued asset, undervalued on the board but a really, really nice filling. The Bloxy Blues came back and almost pulled one off on Sunday. It wasn't the most impressive uh, field in the world, but she still handled things very well. Undervalued Asset wiped the floor with her when she broke her maiden. We haven't seen her since November, but Undervalued Asset is a horse of the future, regardless of what she does in this group. And, and looking back in the maiden wins and some of the stakes wins with the rest of them, I just can't see anybody beating her if she's ready and if she likes Gulfstream surface.
0: The one that I thought um, showed me a little bit of something in her third start particular was Positano Sunset, who she ran into a couple pretty nice fillies in her first two starts. Uh, In her debut, she was behind pretty mischievous. And in that particular race, there was multiple next out winners. Pretty mischievous is three for four came back to win the untappable in that race. We also saw fee and science signs come back to win. So, Good race in the debut, then comes back in the second start, runs into the horse that you were just talking about, Julia Shining. No real shame in being defeated by that runner at Keeneland. And Julia Shining was really impressive in in that victory at Keeneland. Positano Sunset showed improvement in start number two, then came back in start number three at Churchill Downs. And she got a, a pretty like nice trip. She just sat fourth on the outside. She was always within two. She moved to the uh, the the uh, the top of the lane. And what I like is she got a challenge and then she put away that rival too. So she kind of showed multiple dimensions. It wasn't like she just fell into a trip. She moved to the lead and then got another challenge and had to put that runner away. I'll give her a a little bit of a look as, um, yeah, I think it's pretty contentious. And who else in here would be on your radar? Or I don't know, how how would you play this race then kind of multi-races or looking at it?
2: I might use post Atomic sunset. I think she'll be undervalued for what she brings to the table. Uh, Ian Wilkes hasn't gone off to the, to the fastest start. Lots of pieces. She'd be one I'd use underneath for the value that she provides. But I didn't see a whole bunch outside of atomically and undervalued asset. Now, in looking at some of the local horses, I know that Lynx was very impressive starting her mm-hmm. career off with three wins. I don't know if this Philly's cup of tea is going to be going much longer than her last win in the Susan's girl. I think that links, um, they go quick early. Just,
0: that'll help her, right? A horse like her, she'll, she probably will want some, a good, a good pace in here to run at. So if we see some of these outside horses get caught up, maybe that helps her a little bit.
2: I don't, there isn't a whole bunch of passing going on on that main track. I mean a yeah. little bit, but links, I, I think her kick gets dulled a touch when she does go a tad longer than that i think that this is about th- where you could stretch the rubber band if you will with links. i'm going to probably take a pass on her i do i was impressed with apropos win in the slop in the middle of october yeah but um stepping horses up i think uh, jimmy toner is oh something like oh for seven taking horses out of their maiden win, putting them in this kind of spot they just need a little bit more to them although she has shown a lot from the start and another horse from that Delaware Park race. I know we wouldn't look back on the Delaware Park races, but a horse that got eased out of that race actually came back and won again today, but had to do so against claimers. As far as the rest of them go, I think Arella Star is going to take a lot of starch out of anybody who tries to steal it. Uh, the inside horse Flakes did run behind um, or did beat a one to two favorite in Mama Maria. Bucking Beauty came back to win while I was there, but Bucking Beauty, I don't know if it is on anyone Oaks radar yet. Um, I like those mixed races that they have, the ones that she came out of, those maiden optional claimers where they let Florida Breds run without the tag. But in any other spot, in any other track, she'd be in for a tag. So I question if Flakes can do that against this sort of company. But there's good fits for her in Florida down the road. And she is a very young foal. So I think that brighter days are ahead for Flakes. But as far as the locals go, I think most of them are a tad up against it. I didn't see... I didn't see a huge favorite, like you said, but I didn't see too much outside of the favorites that I thought were leaps and bounds ahead of them at a price.
0: There was a a horse that was named apropos a few few years back. And it was one of these, I was working the shift on, on TVG. And then I was, I think I was either having to stay, uh, stay a little bit longer than I was supposed to. So I was just talking about a couple of races that I hadn't looked at at all. Um, So I hadn't like handicapped the races or looked at the replays or anything. And I, I, the horse was, I just butchered Apropos name on the air so bad. I just, it's like one of those where I looked down, I was calling it a props or something. And I'll just never forget that. It. It's just like one of those moments where I was just on live TV, just like, oh my God, that was so awful. That was so awful. So hopefully Apropos will, uh, well, I don't know, do, do something for me. And, and well, at some point this horse, you know, maybe I'll throw him in, <laughs> or throw her in a 15 to one. So I'll just feel differently about the, uh, the word in general. But I, I agreed with you. I thought the, the effort was fine. Like it was good. There was no knocks on it. And I like the fact that she showed she can sit off the pace a little bit. If she has to, she kind of yeah. carved out a nice spot behind a wall of horses and the races already come back a little bit live, but yeah, I, I, I thought the sevens like just this horse feels like she might be a nice horse. She just does. She just kind of, you just kind of get that feel um, with undervalued asset. I mean, red carpet ready was nice in both of those races too. So uh, some fun three-year-old fillies in the forward gal as we, Continue on our Gulfstream Park Saturday journey. We're up to race number 11 now. It's the sweetest chant. Angela, so we have three-year-old fillies in here. We saw Cairo Consort. She's a pretty nice filly. She was third in the Breeders' Cup. I actually caught uh I caught on to her up at Woodbine, um, and I actually picked her in a fantasy league last year, and and because I, I really thought she would have a good shot to, uh, to compete with some of the better ones. So I was really happy to see how Well, she did, you know, when she faced legitimate graded stakes company. And then she changed barn. She came into the Pletcher barn. She's kind of handy. I don't know if at the end of the year, she's going to be like the best of the three-year-old fillies. But right now, early on, she's sort of one of those horses who is good at two. She's really versatile. She can show different dimensions. Um, I understand why she'll be one of the horses to beat in here. She's kind of honest and and she runs pretty well. Uh, Behind her, though, there are... You know, another kind of fun grouping of horses. You know, the horse on the inside, Sweet lou Got Aces, is intriguing. Malimu, I feel like, will show some improvement. I liked what I saw from Alphabella in that turf debut. And, and this one has some pretty nice little turf pedigree. Could be a really good one on there. Heavenly Sunday, nothing to knock about that horse who freaked at Indy. And then they wanted to see how good she was. She goes over to Keeneland, and she proves that she's got some quality. Stephanie's Charm just keeps running like honest races at big prices, you know, she's going to come running A- another kind of fun betting race. Like the turf races are, uh, are, are kind of intriguing, you know, that, that we talked about and in, in this sequence and, you know, some of the, you know, the prep races for the, you know, the three-year-olds on the dirt may not be quite as sexy. I, I thought this was another fun race.
2: <laughs> no, I did too. And I found it fairly paceless outside of maybe the inside horse, but she's not that quick. If you look at the fractions at Aqueduct, but it was a good turf course, so I'm willing to take that with a grain of salt. I wouldn't be surprised if she takes them a good part of the way. That's sweet. has mm-hmm. got aces. Yeah. Uh, she was schooling in the paddock today. She she looked all right. She got kind of hot, but, I mean, that's why they school them. She's not a physically overwhelming sort of filly. I, I just don't like the fact that she's worked over at Paul Meadows. She comes over to the dirt. She's worked on the turf. Uh, I, I don't know if this was like plan A with her. I, I think it was, but I mean, you'd have to ask Gray Handle. But it, it, that doesn't indicate to me a horse that's aiming straight for this, like a horse like Malibu. Now, she did not run in the ginger brew, but she still was so impressive in the wait a while. Maybe they didn't do that. She only has two starts to her. Julian leparu got to know her a bit better in that uh, last race. And I thought the way that she closed... Sets her up to probably sit closer, as long as she doesn't dwell in the gate again, and make a big improvement. Now, you get 10-1, maybe not, but I still thought that Malimu was so, so good, and you were actually able to close a touch on the turf course last weekend. Maybe Malimu could pull the upset. I was trying to look for something in here, because if the last race, the favorites were rock solid to me, this race, they're anything but... I respect Cairo consort and her good race in the ginger brew. If I was to take one out of there, it'd be her, but
0: yeah, she's, but she's not like at her price. She's not like awesome. Right. We're not lining up at the windows to go bet her when she doesn't really tower over the field on figures. And she's just sort of nice. She's handy. Like she's really honest, but there are others in here. I think based on like how you're looking at this race, I am too. And one of the horses who I'm, I'm definitely going to use is Alphabella. Um, I just think she's going to sit in a really nice spot. Like it just doesn't seem like there's that much speed in here. I think she's either going to be really close, like on the lead or just sitting really close to it, which was the trip that she got last time out. And if you look at her pedigree, she's actually bred to be a really nice one on the grass. Um, Her dam was very, very solid. Uh, Dam was a stakes winner on the turf, was multiple graded stakes place. And as far as the siblings are concerned, um, she's half to multiple graded stakes winner australia uh, multiple graded stakes winner right here and dina del sur actually grade three winner and then you have (laughs) australia mia who's multiple group stakes winner overseas and then you have uh, another four-time turf winner there's just a lot of turf in this pedigree and some pretty nice classy horses so maybe we get pedigree plus trip now is she quite as good no, but I guess that's sometimes where the trip can be the equalizer. Can she just fall into a nice spot, maybe sit in second and get the jump on some of the deeper closers? I'll throw her in. I completely agree with you with Moo. Like if you're playing late exotics, I think she's a must include. Um, like anything five to one plus is fine. I wouldn't want to take lower than that because she doesn't seem like she has a lot of speed and she might be a little quirky. In both of her races, she's just been a li- she's had some issues, but I expect her to unlaunch like a, a wicked late rally.
2: Yeah, at least expect that, and I'm sure she'll be about 19 wide, but
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: it, it, it's still more of a class play for me, just the way that this filly made a nice splash coming into uh, the U.S. She beat 14 horses in her first start. She did so as the favorite, so there's more here than we've seen in the U.S., and uh, if you do like her and she does any sort of running today, you're going to get half the price for the next few starts, so I'm probably going to dive in on Malimu. I don't have, admittedly, a real strong opinion in this race. It's not going to be one where I blow my bankroll. But it will be interesting to see where all of these go next because they come from a very diverse array of uh, prep spots to get Mm -hmm. in here. Metaphysical was another one who's run very well in her couple of starts since coming from Churchill to Gulfstream. Now, was that an ease-up in competition? Or is it because she likes it so much more down here? They were able to get her over synthetic and over a turf surface. I don't know cuz I mean she didn't run bad when she was at Kentucky Downs. She ran into riding pretty who sliced between horses and somehow got up but still ran a winning race. Those were optional claimers. It, it'll it'll just really shake out a lot of that I think a lot of questions that you have for a lot of these fillies. Maybe not with come the Cairo Consort, but the rest to yeah. see where they go next
0: where they stack up to and like what level they are. This is a nice kind of uh, a measuring stick for a lot of them. Philly, like heavenly Sunday too. I I need to see a little more from she, she won nicely. She got just a beautiful trip. I mean, she was just sitting right behind the leaders. She was inside. She kind of moved in a little bit of a tight spot, but she got in through the rail and, and just exploded. So um, things opened up nicely for her. She'll have to continue to improve in here. That's the eight heavenly Sunday in this 11th race, which is the 11th of 12. And as we turn the page to race number 12, it's the grade three Holy bull with Kentucky Derby points on the line in this one, Angela, we have, uh, these three-year-olds traveling a mile and a 16th in here, no real big names or any of the heavy hitters uh, at this point of the Derby trail. Like none of the, the really strong horses from last year or, um, Horses who have been extremely impressive early on Um, from just a pure wagering standpoint. Cyclone Mischief got a big figure prepping at Gulfstream on January the 8th. He he earned a 90 buyer speed figure. He was coming out of the Kentucky Jockey Club, and he's won two of his four starts. He has a win at, at Gulfstream, and he actually showed he can sit off a little bit if he has to. Others in here, that'll get some support. You know, the horses that come out of the Mucho Macho Man, there were four of them. But you and I were kind of talking before the race started. I don't know how how strong that that particular race really was. Uh,
2: and no disrespect to Legacy Isle. He did all the running on the front end. And it, they went very fast, but nobody came and got him. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was taken down the second, but he was moving around because he was so tired. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that somebody would come and get him. And I don't think that he'll be. Uh, Any lower than Lord Miles, I would expect Lord Miles, especially with the blinkers going on, to be the more well bet of those two entities coming out of there. And Lord Miles, I didn't love the rail draw for him. He just looks kind of big and lost. When I was talking to Brian Natto, who does analysis down there, he just said the blinkers could be the very best thing possible for this horse right now because he just looks around a bit. It still is only two starts deep into his career. And I mean, he's by curlin. he's probably going to get better with age, just get a little more on track with what his job is. That might not be on Saturday, considering it is only his third start. So I, while I think he won't win, I think that he's probably the most bettable of those entities that do come out of the mucho macho man. But you know, like you said, it was a, a touch underwhelming, to be honest, the way that yeah. they finished up in that. They just didn't come home very quick, and it doesn't give you inspiration that they're going to go out there and run run one, two, three, four.
0: No. The horse who I want to talk a little bit about is the one on the outside, uh, Rocket Can. I think he's sort of had some nice progression uh, as of late. Once he's stretched out to two turns, we've seen noticeable improvement from him. Uh, He won in the slop. I like the fact that he came back after the slop win, and he proved that it wasn't just because of the slop. He It seems like it was just the two turns where it's been able to get him a little more forwardly placed. And then in his loss last time out, he lost a confidence game who came back to finish third in the LeCompte. In his other defeat, he lost to Instant Coffee who was the winner of the LeCompte. The fourth place finisher in that November 26th race was a horse named Hit Show, who's a next out winner and was I think going to run in the Withers now that they, they're they going to have to push that one back uh, this weekend. And he seemed just... Pretty improved, and he should get a nice trip from the outside. I mean, I just don't love the horses that come out of the mucho macho, man. That sort of takes four of them out of this race. Cyclone Mischief feels like he's probably going to get bet pretty hard. This kind of, like, by process of elimination, makes him (laughs) one of the more bettable horses in the race for me.
2: I I agree. And why you got to take all my notes like that? Okay, well, yep. Yep, okay. Confidence game out. Hit show out. Okay. Well, confidence can also... How many times do you think we'll see Art Collector if you're watching any sort of national broadcast with these two hooked oh, yeah. up winning the Pegasus, trying to duplicate that success with Rocket Can? He's no art collector at this point, but he does have talent and he does enter here with a New York bread, same sort of deal. Uh, I, I like that they put these two into this race. Um, I thought that they they were both kind of interesting to me just because you don't necessarily know what you have with Shadow Dragon. But mm-hmm. Rocket Can, the more accomplished of the two up to this point, is a really good fit and found an excellent place to jump onto the Derby Trail. You know, you can see that he's been down here for a while. He's been working out at Payson Park very leisurely since the beginning of January. And I thought that Rocket Can with the outside draw really had a lot pointing to him. I, I thought that, yeah, being the fresh face, being a fair number with connections that are obviously putting their horses in the right spots and having them ready in the right spots could be the new face that sits close to the pace and potentially draws off. I wouldn't be surprised if, if rocket can wins if he does it very, very impressively and clearly.
0: I agree. He just feels like it's a really good spot for him. He was third in his last start, kind of about three off in in the two-path in the second flight, and he was just chasing a lone speed winner confidence game. He loomed up at the top of the lane. He kind of took the lead. He held second. It was no excuses. He just lost to a horse who had a little bit more left in the tank because they got to set some kind of comfortable fractions and, and do it their own way out front, and then confidence game came back and showed he's a solid horse, and I'm not all that impressed with the rest of this group. I think Cyclone Mischief kind of got that nice figure getting a a pretty good trip. He, he settled inside. He was just behind horses arrival from the back started to move. And then he moved, uh, he moved in between right with them. And, you know, he proved that he can sort of sit off the pace a little bit, which is fine, but I think he's going to get over bed a little bit. And I feel it just like we're saying, it just feels like this is a really good spot. Um, Lots of questions about the rest of the field, the trip Rocky can, can get, And if we can get three to one plus, I think that's very fair. Like, I have no problem singling him in some of my exotics. I'll probably play a lot of tickets with him, you know, singled on the end.
2: Yeah, I won't blame you for that. And I take nothing away from Cyclone Mischief. I just don't know if he'll bounce off that. And I'm a couple of horses just frankly didn't show up that day, or at least didn't run the races that were expected of them. That flatters him, but he did everything right. You just don't know what you're going to get with the outside horse coming off that uh, coming off that layoff. The workouts are just the workouts. What he can do in the afternoon when he's on a new track, when he hasn't been out since November, those are some of the questions that I think will keep him as the solid second choice. I agree. But that being the case, then why not go that way? If you think that there's a relative talent quotient between the two, always take the bigger price. And Rocket Can does come from connections that have had horses very much ready to run at this meet. So... I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, he pulled it off.
0: There's a look at the five graded stakes races this weekend at Gulfstream Park. Angela, we appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. Can we, uh, we got to pencil you back in for maybe like a few weeks from now with like the next round of preps, so we can get you to help us out maybe with one of the ones at Oaklawn, or we can even talk about the next round when they come here for the fountain of youth at, uh, at Gulfstream Park.
2: Oh, I suppose. I always wait for those calls. I don't get them over. Got to twist your arm with love. Twist your arm. I, would, your I arm would love moment. that.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: well, I worked at Oakland too. It's a quirky little track. I like them both, but I will try to try to help guide you in the direction of the Winter Circle as much as I can. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me.
0: Yeah, I have a conversation coming up next about uh, Santa Anita, and yeah, unfortunately, that 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 one <laughs> with the, that prep race this weekend is just. Um, not not going to be all that much fun to discuss poor Colin and I uh, when we are talking about that one in a little bit so well, we do have a few other good uh good races coming up at Santa Anita to talk about and if you're listening to the podcast version of this we'll have everything put together for you so uh, we'll have conversations about Santa Anita and uh, on Gulfstream for Saturday and we look forward to having Angela back again sometime very soon to help us out and when we've seen you out at a Gulfstream Park uh recently or when you're out there doing work at Gulfstream or at Canterbury um some sometimes they can bend your arm to get a little more social media, uh, you know, get get a little more posted on the social media. I know you don't love it here and there, but when you do, we really appreciate getting your picks and getting your analysis. So we'll give you a follow at Angela Herman with two Ns fifteen.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, says me. Hey, I have been I've been making an effort to tweet more lately. I know, yeah. I've been trying. It's it's not even that I don't like it. It's just it it's not always close to me. But I do love interacting with everybody and learning all about this new track and meeting everybody you know I haven't been to Gulfstream very much so if you're out there and you see me anytime in the near future if you're at Canterbury say hello i'm very easy to find and Gino if you ever venture outside of California. You make sure that those are one of your stops.
0: Yeah, if if I ever venture outside of my chair that I sit in, it's comfy. <laughs> it's comfy. It's got my grooves in the chair. I don't. Um, so you know, that's what DoorDash is for. They come and drop everything <laughs> off to me. I don't need too much, but I'll I'll start making the uh the trips soon, especially once the little man gets a little bit older and can come hang out and have some fun with me too. So, Angela, uh, it's always such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much, and good luck this weekend at Gulfstream Park. And we'll talk to you again real soon.
2: All right. Thank you. Good luck to you. Good luck to everybody listening.
0: Thanks so much, everyone, for hanging out with us here. We'll keep talking more racing on That's What G Said podcast. Don't go anywhere. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Sense for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. And don't forget, promo code GINO gets you 10% off. Mm -hmm. All natural soy wax candles. Use that promo code GINO and it'll get you 10% off your purchase. We move along to Santa Anita for Saturday. Four graded stakes races on the card. The first one is a field of four, though. It's all Bob Baffert runners in the Bob Lewis. That's race number three. Following that, we have a couple more bettable races in races four and ten in particular. We'll talk about races three, four, nine, and ten for Santa Anita for Saturday. All four graded stakes races. Colin Sheehan joins me. He does some great work. Um, With uh, Trust the Profits You see him on social media Posting lots of videos He has a new show that we discuss So big thanks to Colin for joining us Right now, kick back and enjoy As we discuss Santa Anita Graded stakes races for Saturday Big races coming up this weekend at Santa Anita, very excited to talk some races with Colin Sheehan from social media, someone that I've met on Twitter now, you see his work with Trust the Profits, a show doubling down right now, and this is actually the first time that we've had a conversation more than just back and forth on Twitter. How's it going, buddy, and thanks so much for joining me.
1: It's going great, Gino. Thanks so much for having me. When I entered into this arena of making videos, this was the exact reason I did it for, was to find other horse racing fans, you know, you're kind of, you know, I work with a company of 200 people and I don't think anybody there talks horses. So you kind of have to go outside your your comfort zone to find them. But once I found them, I found a great community here. Uh, and I'm, I'll be so glad to hear some of the examples that, or some of the angles you use when you're breaking down horse races. I do have my show doubling down. I focus on daily doubles because I think that's a great introductory bet for Uh, People that are, you know, hesitant in getting into horse racing, you know, you always see the pick fours and pick fives as the big scores, but you got to start small with that and you'd be surprised how hard it is to hit a daily double and my guest tallies if you take a look at them on my show you'll see that.
0: And if you want to give uh, Colin a follow on social media, that's his Twitter handle right there. So make sure to do so. And you can check out some of that great content that he's talking about for our show. We're going to focus on Santa Anita. They have four graded stakes races coming up this weekend. Uh, the first of them is the Bob Baffert, Bob Lewis, which is a four horse field of all Baffert runners. And actually I can, uh, I can expand a little bit here and we can dive into the DRF past performances. As we take a look at race number three. Now this is supposed to be a points race, Colin, but none of these horses Horses can actually earn points right now because they're in the Baffert barn and they're trying to get that all figured out. Um, there's actually a, a court hearing happening right now to see if Baffert's runners will be able to run. If not, they will have to disperse and run other for other barns. But they won't be able to gain Kentucky Derby points for this race as of right now. So just from a pure, you know, handicapping perspective, looking at this race. You know, you're not going to have anyone um, of the three runners to the inside that are a big price. You'll have hard to figure, but it's always a little difficult when you have one race that's just dominated by a particular trainer because they can really dictate what kind of trips they want with whatever runners they want in a field like this. So it's, you know, it's definitely not the, the, the sexiest race to talk about this weekend.
1: No, not at all. And with the Withers being canceled at Aqueduct, that's 80 points for the Kentucky Derby Trail that are now off the board. Yeah. Withered's being moved to next Saturday. So they're not off the board completely, but between this race and that race, when you add them all up, that's 80 points that are not going to be, uh, in the standings. And yeah. So, you know, this is disappointing. You got four horses here and everyone's talking about it all being Baffert. Don't forget the point that the number two and the number three are the same ownership groups as yeah. well. Yep. So, you know, why aren't these two coupled, you, you get to have a, uh, you know, two horse race with two horses coupled, Yeah. Uh, you know, this would just be a race that I would just stay away from, and
0: it's it's not really fun or intriguing, you know. And it's just one that it's is along the ride on your Saturday card at Santa Anita. There are better races to talk about. I mean, if I'm looking at this race and and going to play it at all, I think I would just I like Newgate the most. But I, I'm with you, like I'm not really going to be involved in this race very much. I just I think based on what he's done, Newgate and who he's faced, being behind Cave Rock and Forte and having a meltdown a couple times he's probably the most battle-tested and seasoned of these runners.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So, you know, I wouldn't bet this race, but as I do my daily double show, I said, well, I might as well bring a daily double to Gino. And uh, I would, you know, you got to pick one horse if you're doing a daily double into the next race. And two, Newgate would absolutely be yep. my choice here. If you want to look at that price to f- uh, four hard-to-figure, the speed figures are definitely light, but the one thing that I paid, you know, that kind of jumped off the page to me was the workouts. I mean, this horse has been working really, really good. Yep. But what I don't know the intentions. And that's uh, right. And like
0: we're saying, what kind of trips, like who's getting the lead? Is one of them going to be getting a lone kind of front trip? Are they going to just try to stack themselves in order of where they want? Or is it just sort of, hey, we have them all, just kind of let them loose. It doesn't really matter who wins or who loses,
1: you know? Yeah. And in these types of races, uh, Baffert jokes aside and ownership groups aside, when you only have two, three, four horses, I usually want the best jockey. And to me, the best jockey is on the three inside horses, um, and using Frankie Dettori or Johnny V is never a bad thing. So uh, I'd be comfortable using Newgate and um, and watching just to see. You know, we obviously saw Arabian Night. Don't get confused with Arabian Lion in this race. Arabian Night is the monster that we saw last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to pay attention for those of us that are, you know, paying close attention to the Derby Trail of which of these. These are the ones that are kind of that second tier in the Baffert Barn, I'd say. So, you know, maybe one of them pops up. But um, to me, it's Newgate and you kind of move on from there. I agree.
0: Now the fourth race is one of the other graded stakes races, a much more bettable race here. Uh, We have a a mile race on the turf and it looks like it should have a, a, at least an honest pace down on the inside. We have a couple horses that are pretty quick. Bay storm should be forwardly placed. Hamwood flyer is also very quick. They like to be right on the lead and then, and then, you know, that should set it up nicely for other horses who want to be more mid-pack or closing. Even one silk stocking will probably be close. School dance is pretty versatile. So I think this should be a a pretty fair and honest run race, and I think you can make some cases for a few. I, I think it's a good spot for closing remarks, Colin, just sort of the way that she's coming into this race. She's going to be making her second start at five, and if you look at who she's been facing recently, three of her last five races she's faced queen goddess who we just saw win the pegasus philly and mare turf and then in some of her other races she has losses to horses like shantasara who was second in that race so last weekend franked her form pretty well with the results of that big race for the phillies and mares
1: yeah and there's two horses that returned from that same last race that grade three frankel uh it's the four closing remarks and the seven Yep. Uh, good luck to me to try and pronounce Quatrell. Quatrell, Quatrell yep. we'll go with there. You go. Uh, Quatreel is the one that worries me at eight to one. I thought that was an interesting horse uh, for a price. I wrote down for the number four closing remarks. I wonder if this race is too short for this she, horse. You're right. And most is and- late, and maybe uh, the time. You know, the, there's quicker one mile distance for the four closing remarks is actually why I went away. Uh, from closing remarks
0: and now Quatrell is a hundred percent a horse that's going to be on my radar pick fours any types of rolling exotics that you're playing in here she fits really well and her price is very honest and you know she's she's super consistent she just kind of needs the right type of trip but again she was right behind queen goddess and she hasn't done much wrong in you know In 2022, she had a really solid 2022. If you're someone who likes to play off of speed figures, she fits really well on those. She just will need a little bit of a trip because she's not necessarily the type of horse who can make her own trip. She's a
1: little more pace dependent. Yeah, the the horse that interested me is actually the two, Hamwood Flyer. You said that she'd be on the lead. This fleet-footed filly does more than get on the lead. If you look at at the calls of this horse, uh, you know, last race, look at the second call. It was eight lengths ahead. Uh, the race before that was eight lengths ahead at the first call. Uh, go back four was nine lengths ahead at the second call. And, and we just saw this horse named Jack Hyde over in Newcastle, if you haven't seen that on Twitter, where he's up 50 lengths uh, and was able to hold on. That's kind of what I thought of when I saw this Hamwood flyer who just just goes. Um, and I said fleet-footed Philly because that's what uh, I think it was Trevor Demmon said in, his, in the last race when she opened up. Yeah. It was caught by Regal Glory and Pizza Bianca. Two horses that um, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. You're getting four to one with Juan Hernandez. Um, that last race was a grade one. Uh, something that I like to pay attention to. These are horses that haven't won graded steak races because I like to you know, if you see a grade three race, I immediately go through and see, okay, who has uh, grade one or grade two wins? And a lot of them have come close, mm-hmm. um, but I'm thinking Hamwood Flyer may be able to get away here. He's got a little bit of speed to the inside with the one and Johnny V base storm, but just one of to- them
0: could blink, right? If like the two is sent hard, that could very easily be a situation where the one base storm says, Hey, I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'll try to just sit behind her. And, and then, you know, when you have a race like this, where you have these really fast horses, a lot of times that's what happens more often than that. When we're watching these races around the country, we get one or two of the horses that we think is going to be up pressing it that takes back. And then it leaves one horse like a Hamwood flyer out front alone.
1: Yeah. I'm not, that's a situation that I'm a little bit hopeful. You got to watch out for that base storm though. He's 10 for 11 in the money, 11 races, 10 times in the money, probably not a horse you want to leave off underneath and you're getting five to one. So those two horses right there are, are very intriguing to me. The only other horse that I looked at and I would mention, and, you know, as you're looking at the double, and I said you're taking, uh, obviously, a low price in the previous race, you'd either have to single number six school dance um, if you're going to go back to back with Newgrange, but I don't think we've seen the best of this horse yet. Uh, you know, I do pay attention to uh, speed figures. I, I go by Brisnet, but as I look at your Bayer speed figures there, they're continuing to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we've seen the ceiling of this horse yet. The one thing that did concern me has only been uh, two works. Um, ran ran the day after Christmas in that grade one, finished second by a head. I mean, that's really, really good in the field here if you're going by those grade one, grade two rankings. Um, so I'd either go with school dance alone, or I'm going to go on the inside with Hamwood flyer base storm, uh, as my other two.
0: I mean, what is a really fun competitive race? Like you're talking about school dance, which nice about this Philly too. She's super versatile. Like we've seen her sit a little closer in the last couple races. Cause they were going a little slower early on, but she has no problem sitting mid pack or sitting farther back. She can really adapt to whatever scenario the race calls for and that's always nice in like a a field like this on the turf where you can get into some traffic. Sometimes you don't exactly know what type of trip you might get. The, the one that um, I just wanted to mention also, at least will probably be another like multi exotics player for me. We talk about Nadette, the the three, she made her first start in North America on October the 29th. And she was last, she was 10 lengths off, Um, She angled out at the top of the lane. She really got going late. She finished second in that race, which was the grade three autumn miss. But in that race, she lost to Rhea Moon. And we saw Rhea Moon come back and win the grade one American Oaks beating school dance. So we know that she lost to a grade one quality Philly. And um, I think she could be even better now with a little more time in the U.S. She's been around for a couple months now. She's probably a little bit more acclimated to it. If she gets away just a little bit quicker where she doesn't have to come from dead last, um, if the, if the pace is quick and you're using a couple horses in here, if Hamwood flyer, for some reason does get, you know, caught up in a battle with a Bay storm or maybe others, um, the dead is a little bit interesting to me. If you also look back when she was in, in France, she ran behind a horse named Nashua who came over here and ran in the breeders cup. Um, and, or, and Nashua, I think was fourth in in the breeders cup, Philly and mayor turf and is a real quality Philly. So she's faced some, some pretty tough horses overseas and then came over here and ran well in her first start in the U S. So I thought she made uh, a little bit of sense in here too, in a kind of a fun race, like definitely a different than the race we just talked about the, uh, the third race here, like a few different directions you can go and horses, you can make cases for here.
1: Absolutely. We've doubled uh, the, uh, the field. So you're you're (laughs) there. And I will say that even though we've doubled the field and you've got eight entries Nadette, you can never fault you for taking these horses coming from overseas on the turf, especially, You know, maybe not the first time, but the second time. But one thing also that I'd add, this horse has faced, or she's faced very big fields. 11 horse fields, 12 horse fields, 17 horse fields in that Nashua. So as that pace scenario that you can see happening, and I certainly can too, if the first one and two go into a speed duel and it it melts, this horse will be coming late, but it's not going to have as much trouble or as much traffic to try and navigate through that it's used to.
0: Very good point. As uh, we finish up here with the grade three megahertz, which is race number four on the Saturday card at Santa Anita. The other two graded stakes races are later in the card. They go as races nine and 10. Race number nine is the grade two Santa Monica, and it is a Philly and Mare sprint race, Colin, where fun to dream is in very nice form for Bob Baffert. She is five for six. She's actually a cowbred who proved that She's classy enough to win a grade one when she stepped into the La Brea on the day after Christmas, she defeated awake at midnight. They've developed a little bit of a rivalry because awake at midnight has gotten the better of fun to dream when they raced back in September of 2022 from just a pure conversation standpoint. Those will be the two horses. That'll probably be your favorite and your second choice in here. And, um, you know, a lot of people's wagers will go through the two of them. How are you approaching this race?
1: Yeah, I couldn't get past these two. I think this is a two-horse race, and you'd have to pick one. I would single one of them. You got to make a decision, have an opinion, and go with it. I when agree. You're doing yep. your pick five, you can't take both of them. So pick no. one of them, right? And uh, you know, just step taking back a step back. Like I said, how I handicap is I look at what the class is. So this is Grade Two. I then go look and see are there any Grade One winners in in the race? And as you had just mentioned, the number two, funded Dream, is the only one with a Grade One victory. Number five has a second in a grade one and a grade two, so not too bad, right? The next thing I'll look at is the seven furlong distance is a tricky distance. Sprinters, it's too long. For horses that like to route, it's too short. So I like to pay attention on the seven furlong races of which horses have done well. Well, we end up right back at the number two and the number five. The number two Mm -hmm. is three three at the distance. The number five has two seconds in three races at that distance. Then the last thing I like to look at is speed figures. Speed figures get a little bit. Closer with the rest of the field, aside from the six, um, they're at least in uh, the ballpark. You've had some that would have to kind of pop at a race, like number three, Samurai Charm had a big race in Del Mar in September. But, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of hoping that that horse comes back to that. And to me, it just ends up between the two and the five. And the fun to dream five for six lifetime, I had a hard time getting by that. So I will take the Baffert with Juan Hernandez, fun to dream as my single through this race.
0: Yeah. We had two races uh, of the four that we're going to talk about that are probably a little more formful. And then two that were maybe races. You could get a little more creative uh, in the grass races. This one is hard to get past both the two and the five as the major players in here is you perfectly uh, carved out. Now the, and the six was, was, was interesting. Cause I've gone back and forth with her. Like last year, she had some races that looked like she was going to be projecting really nicely and then after that summertime Oaks, she like, if she's in that re in that region with just speed figures, she's actually pretty competitive with this field at around, you know, and she's at a mile and a mile in the 16th year. Then she went on the turf a few times and she didn't run quite as well. And, you know, she got beat by a really nice Spenderella. Her, her San Clemente actually wasn't all that bad. Um, then she's off for a while, uh, off for just a couple months. She shows back up and she hasn't run poorly, but just way, way lower as far as like speed figures and, she's going to have to get back to some of these other races to compete. And I don't know if she's enough value to like, I, I, I want to make some cases for her. And we were talking with Matt DeSantis earlier. Like I, I was, if I'm going to play this race it would probably be trying to, I, I guess I would try to beat. like you said, I'm not going to use both the two and the five. So maybe I would go the five and throw the six in on a ticket or two if I'm trying to get there. But I keep wanting to give awake at midnight, another shot against um, against fun to dream. As you carved it out, it's just really hard to get anything other than those three. Like, I, I just really couldn't make much of a case for the others. And I don't know if they offer us enough value. Like, you, you pointed out Samurai Charm, who has a couple good races here. Um, She just yeah. kind of got beat on the square last time by Lady T. And if we think Lady T might be a couple low, I don't know if, you know, the four or five to one on her is enough for me.
1: Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get too cute I think, trying right? to just
0: Right. No, exactly. You kind of talk cute. yourself into it too much <laughs> and it's just not like they just don't feel like they fit quite as well. So that is the Grade 2 Santa Monica with Fun to Dream and Awake at Midnight, the major players in here. Let's turn the page to race number 10. It's the Grade 3 Thunder Road to close out the Santa Anita card on Saturday. This race is a little more contentious. We have a lukewarm 3 to 1 favorite which is a very honest horse that you sort of know what you're going to get from air force red very quick. He's going to go to the front. If he gets the right type of pace shape, he'll win when he doesn't, he backs up and he doesn't really even hit the board, but he's kind of an old, like know what you're going to get from him. So he'll be out front. And if, you know, if he gets a little other pace, that's where things will open up. And I, you know, him playing him at five to two, isn't really intriguing to me. He might be a horse you want to throw in to like a pick four because he could catch a flyer, but I could make some cases for two or three other strong horses in here. Who are you looking at in the Thunder Road, Colin?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is the funnest race of the four that we're looking at. For sure. Um, to me, I went to the number 10 with Frankie DeToria board, dark yep. shit, similar to what we had just talked about two back with Nadette debt uh, closing and had this horse had been running Over in Great Britain, comes back, puts up a a 92 on mine. You had an 86 on yours. I'm going to pull
0: up the race right now, too, that he uh, ran at Keeneland. He's the number 10 in this race. You can see he's a gray, and so you'll be able to notice that he kind of completely misses the break, um, and he gets squeezed right back. So in your first start in a few months, in your first start in North America, you're completely last um, in a race where the winner – goes wire to wire just a lot of things were up against him in this first start
1: yeah that, that's a I didn't even uh, I didn't notice that so thanks that makes me like him even more and the thing that I also liked was uh I've been working very consistently I count six works on the workout tab uh including a nice 48 second four furlong tightener back on January uh 28th so not too long ago but I like you said you can go in multiple multiple ways here um Air Force Red was one that I had my check mark on, has been continuously improving. But as I kind of looked more into the race, like you just said, we talk ourselves into others. And my reason for that was three in a row with now putting up a lifetime best last time out December 31st. Five-year-olds, you know, those are all the, the races that were done as a four-year-old. I'm just wondering if is that 99 going to be the top or can this horse take another step forward? If he does, Mm -hmm. then then he's right there. But as you said, three to one, I think there's some more intriguing options in here. Yep. um, Including as I said, the number 10. And then the other one I liked that looked at was the number one, all the way on the inside Earl's rock. One thing to pay attention to is the jockey when Pratt's aboard, he's three for three, right? Gotta love that. I like the five to one price. And I'm kind of contradicting what I just said, but I'm hoping that uh, this five-year-old with the with the smaller work that you've seen, mm-hmm. I like he to might see, have
0: some of his best races ahead of him. He doesn't have a whole lot of mileage, right?
1: That's what I was getting. at. Yeah, and, and what you have there is is you have a couple the uh, eighty-nine and a ninety. Usually, when you see those two together, hopefully, you're going to see another step up. Um, so this horse last race December fourth, but the workouts uh, nice just did a nice six furlong. Uh, minute and a 12 on January 29th. So, uh, the one and the uh 10 were the two prices that I was uh had circled around for me. How about the yeah, The 10, alone, the ten was there?
0: my top selection in here, too. We're both on oh, the same really? one with uh, yeah, with dark shift. The you know, the nine hit the road is super classy. He he was at the end of 2021 he was getting really good. Like he won the grade one kill row in 2021. And then towards the end of 2021, he was behind Mo Forza a couple times. He was going to head into the Breeders' Cup and, and he had to miss the Breeders' Cup. He ran in the Pegasus uh, last year, just didn't really fire. And then he was off for almost the whole year. He came back and I don't know if it's this race, but I think in in the next race or two, he's got a big one coming back in him. Um, You know, he's got a nice ceiling. The one that's a, a really big price that, Um, I was talking, kind of talking out with Matt a little bit too, is Iradeo. You know, he has some good races at a mile that are a, a bit intriguing. If he just sort of gets the, the kind of trip that he needs, like his, you know, he has a couple wins going this trip. He sprinted last time out, but he just needs the right kind of trip. But his ceiling is not far off from, you know, what the best race is in here with the best horses. If you're spreading out in this race and trying to look for some prices, He's the type of horse who I would throw in in a pick four and a pick five. Uh, Our buddy, Matt DeSantis, he was making a nice case for There Goes Harvard. You know, a horse whose grass form is very good. And maybe he can be the horse who's, you know, not too far behind Air Force Red. If that one stops, he could kind of be sitting in the maybe like the second, third and fourth spot and maybe fall into a good trip. So there do seem to be some fun. You know, five to one ish plus horses. You and I have talked about a five to one and eight to one, another six to one and eight to one to fifteen. This feels like one of the races that you can maybe get a little more creative.
1: For sure, I, I the one concern I had on the Irideo was just the over for five at Santa Anita. Yeah, it may not you know, be best
0: it, over this turf course.
1: You know, so the long shot that I was looking at was, you know, I hate to say it again, but the other Baffert number two. You're getting a Baffert at fifteen mm-hmm. to one. This horse hasn't raced in four hundred and five days, which. Funny enough, funny story, uh, three weeks ago on doubling down, I talked about, I don't bet horses that haven't raced in like plus 200 days, 300 days. And I got beat by, uh, I think it was spooky channel who came off that, like, <laughs> day I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. So I, uh, you know, that's part of doing these shows is funny. You talk stuff out loud, then you, you think about it. And then yeah. I said, okay, so this horse is 405 days off. Well, first thing is, all right, it's Baffert. So let's look a little bit closer. Eight workouts, eight workouts and about one, two, three, four, five, six of them bullets. Um, You know, you go back to this horse's grade two American turf back in May of 21. That was at Churchill Downs. Grade two winner. Third in a grade one up at Saratoga. Uh, Obviously, the last race out, which was December of 21, was a fifth place in a grade two. But at 15 to one for a horse that's been working that well and it's backwards.
0: yeah, he used to eliminate his last two races, too, because, right, they were layoff races and they sent him to a long layoff. So we know there's been physical issues with this horse. He's a first-time gelding now, and just, the like, his running style should at least put him in a good spot if he's fresh. If if he's fresh and ready to go, which his his training pattern says, and the fact that they actually tossed him into this race, they at least feel confident enough that he can compete. I don't have any problem throwing this horse into exotics at a big big price or at least in under spots and trying to spice up some value because he's I prefer him than you know I talked about Iradeo who's like a deep closer and and but if you're looking at other deeper closers this horse could at least be in a nice spot.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit in over his head but look yeah. if 15 to 1 is a horse I would throw one of my ticket um but but I'm I'm glad to say you like the 10 as well cuz that's uh, we didn't talk before this show for yeah. those that listening. No. <laughs>
0: So awesome, uh, Colin. Now tell everybody again uh, what kind of stuff you have coming up this weekend, where we can find any more of your work. And um, yeah, like anything else that you want to mention or uh, or plug to before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, sure. You can find us on Trust the Profits on uh, the YouTube. I have a show called Doubling Down where we do a daily double every single week. I'm always looking for guests. This My show is not inclusive to people that have done this type of stuff before. I'm open to anybody's voice that wants to come on because I think that's what makes this – uh community a lot better is hearing more voices and how we look and see at races this is the first time me and juno did it and we both came to the same horse uh you can, you can always
0: learn from someone like good yeah. or bad right there are things that you can learn and say hey i like that or things that you can pick up and say you know th- i've i've tried that angle or that didn't work for me you know we're all workshopping things here and there and uh, i i completely agree with you that's what's been so nice about the you know so horse racing twitter and and just the last few years um getting to link up with people like you. We've never had a conversation like this, but this was an absolute blast. And I hope it's the first of many conversations that we have talking races. Absolutely. I expect you to be on doubling down soon. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please. I owe you one and we'll get you back here again uh, very soon to talk about another big day of racing all over the place. Uh, So Colin, thank you so much, buddy. I hope you have a great rest of your night and good luck this weekend in all of your plays. And we'll talk uh, racing again real soon. You too. Folks, thank you for hanging out with us here. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks so much. We'll still have plenty more on That's What G Said podcast to come. If you're watching us on social media, thanks so much. And make sure to give Colin a subscribe and to follow him on, uh, on Twitter. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Big thank you to Colin for helping us out with Santa Anita. Now we make the transition on over to wrestling we talk all about the Royal Rumble from last weekend Monday Night Raw some of the aftermath what to expect heading into Smackdown then NXT on Tuesday we talk about the TV show and then preview this weekend's Vengeance Day pay-per-view and then we get into AEW Dynamite Chad Cooper Cooper Loop joins us for this week in wrestling
1: here it is folks fight of the night and trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's Wrestling Recap.
3: All right, come back.
1: And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad.
0: We are coming off the heels of the Royal Rumble. Chad Cooper joins me for another edition of This Week in Wrestling. Cooper Loop, uh, we were talking back and forth uh, the, the last few days, and and during the event, I thought overall it was a really good Royal Rumble. And when WWE wants to put on a huge event, and when they get the machine behind it, there's really nothing like it between the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble for the men and the women, We had pretty obvious winners, which is fine. It doesn't always have to be crazy. And then the main event and the post-match scene with the bloodline and Sami Zayn and everything involving that just,
3: I mean, for me about as good as it could get. Uh, Without a doubt, probably, uh, of course, we don't have a whole lot of women's Royal Rumble matches uh, to, to go back on. So uh, definitely two of the better Royal Rumble yep. matches. Um, and that says a lot, especially on the men's side, because the men's uh, goes back for, you know, for decades. And the women's uh, have been really, really good. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. You know, I, 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 I with you and with many others, uh, was hoping that the Sami Zayn a uh, fairytale ending would be him winning the world title at WrestleMania uh, with that thought. Um, and we didn't even get Sammy in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And that's, what's even, even crazier. And then, you know, even before it started uh, hearing that the men's Royal Rumble match was going to kick off the pay-per-view or, or the special event. And we're like, no, this can't be you know, Rome Roman and KO the, there's no way. And then after watching the whole card and seeing the ending, of just the Rolling Raids matches like okay, yeah, they do a little bit better than me. So I'm I'm just gonna, you know, stay in my stay my seat. But absolutely just uh th- the two matches, the rumble matches itself and just the main event, uh, you know, was 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 so good. There were some filler matches that we knew what were what were gonna happen and what were not going to happen. But all in all, uh it's about as hot as you can get perfect timing. Uh, Not to say that, uh, you know, they weren't wouldn't have competed well with the NFC and AFC championship games, because those that that, the later game, Casey and Cincy would have probably ended right around the same time. This is beginning. But uh, you could have put this thing on a Tuesday night or Thursday night and probably done even better. It was uh, the Royal Rumble is 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 one of my favorite yearly wrestling events. Um, This thing delivered. It delivered, yeah, man. And, and it just sets you up for the biggie, man. It set you up for the road to WrestleMania is officially underway, and it was fantastic. No complaints here.
0: SmackDown ratings were huge. Raw ratings were huge. Ooh, man. And uh, we will head back into SmackDown now with everybody wondering what's going to happen with the Bloodline. A quick look back through the Royal Rumble where we had Cody Rhodes win. He came out number 30, but he did still go 15 minutes, and he had a basically a mini-match – With Gunther, who ends up going 70-plus minutes. He goes one hour, 11 minutes and change from the number one spot. He was an absolute star in the match. And you know what? If you would have told me before it's going to be Cody and Gunther that are your last two, that probably wouldn't have been who I predicted. But it was good. It was great. It it ended up working out beautifully. Sheamus had an awesome run. He went 52 minutes. Him and Drew McIntyre were kind of like the Bash brothers. You know, they were, they (laughs) were the new age Kane and the Undertaker. Drew went almost 40 minutes and they uh, together eliminate seven guys. I think four for Drew, three for Sheamus. You had a nice run for Johnny Gargano. He went about 30 minutes and Johnny Gargano won a qualifying match to put himself in the uh, US title elimination chamber. So Coop, while it wasn't necessarily a really meaningful night for him, it seems like it's kind of like a nice
3: starting over point for Gargano. You know, yeah, kind of like white the slate clean. Sure. And it was one of these rumbles where you didn't have to have a bunch of surprise. It Look, the Royal Rumble is an, is an interesting match a, a concept in itself. But if you're solely basing the success of the concept, the match, right? Uh... And if you're solely basing that on surprises, then I, I I that's not what the Royal Rumble is for. Yes, it's nice to have several surprises and a bunch of callbacks, right? But we didn't you didn't need that. You didn't need it for the I men's side. I think
0: this was just about perfect because honestly, I like it better when the Royal Rumble is a tool to build to a bunch of other feuds. And I would they did have been that. okay
3: if all 30 would have been named and they used to do that, you know, they Absolutely. Leave a couple out, you know, for injuries, you never really know this or that. But yeah, look, if you, if you didn't think Gunther was a superstar, which I, I I don't know anyone who does not if you didn't think he was now he is. And if you didn't like Johnny Gargano now, uh, what happened in the rumble and what happened on Monday night raw? I mean, it, it was perfection for these people. You, have,
0: you set up a, a Lashley and Lesnar feud even more with those two guys. You even continue, had Gunther square off with Brock at one time. I and think. the it's crowd really crazy. loved that. You had Gunther and Sheamus start it, which was fun as a little throwback to the one of the, the matches of the year that they had just a few months back in 2022. We had Seth Rollins get eliminated by Logan Paul, which looks like it's going to set up something with them. You have. I kept wondering why Ricochet was coming in towards the end, right? Because Ricochet is someone that you figure, smaller guy, he can go in early, last a while, have a couple fun spots. Well, we saw why Ricochet came in at the end, because he was going to (laughs) have just a phenomenal spot with Logan Paul where they jump from the opposite sides of the rings and just collide, which was uh, just badass. Edge comes back, and he sets up stuff with uh, the Judgment Day. Uh, So you have – You know, Dominic um, taking Ray's mask and Ray doesn't even enter. I love when they use the Royal Rumble to set up feuds. And like, think about last year when it was bad. They didn't do much of that at all. No, no. There were like so many eliminations that were just meaningless.
3: Meaningless. That's the key word.
0: Meaningless. It's like, what did that happen for? What was that? Like, (laughs) all of this stuff felt like it mattered.
3: So much of it felt like uh, it mattered. And I'm glad you brought up meaningless because you know what I thought about this? And, and look, and it, it, if you're listening to this, you're, you're a professional wrestling fan and, and geek and nerd like, like Gino and I. But seriously, you know what this rumble reminded me of? This one. And maybe I felt it in years past and I just didn't think about it. But it felt like a playoff game. It you felt know, like you're that right. that every move counted, that every entry, every pitch in a playoff baseball game. It did.
0: Every- I was a little bit anxious you hey, know, when I was too, watching man. it more me than too. more than normal because I was like, "Oh, is this going to be Cody? Where's Sammy coming out? Oh, set this in the mix now, you know." And then <laughs> yeah. and then you keep seeing Günther hang around, and they're, you're like, "Maybe they Wait just are going to strap the rocket to this guy, <laughs> right?" You like they they start teasing you. Well, and then all of a sudden, when someone like Edge comes out and you hear his music. You don't think he's gonna win, but you go, uh oh man, he's, there's he's Edge. here with a shot, you know. Yeah, and they love- and you
3: know, when and when somebody it was so intriguing, the match itself was so intriguing, and when you do get these big entries come in, you kind of go, Oh, I forgot about Edge. I, I forgot know. about this guy who's gonna be in the rumble. So that's how good it was for me. I thought every move, every elimination meant something, and that's how it's supposed to be in this type of match.
0: Yeah, it, there's a lot of people came out of the rumble with a good showing, looking good, or having some purpose moving forward. In fact, what's was funny. The, one of the only real gripes I think I had was, damn, Montez Ford was in there for 40 seconds. Like, that was really <laughs> weird. But then yeah. you know what? They've actually got him set up in a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. I think they, they're going to do some instant rehab on oh, him. Yeah. Oh, I think he's, he's going to win, and he's going to qualify. And then all of a sudden, just like with Gargano... The thing you need to do with some of these guys that can go, just let them go. Just yeah. kind of take the take the handcuffs off them for a minute and just let them go out there for 15, 20 minutes and let loose. And we saw that Gargano had a nice match with Corbin where he qualifies on Monday. And in just kind of, you know, talking about the Rumble overall and what's happened since then, you and I love when they can do qualifying matches when they do number one contender matches, because all it does is just make the same match that you would see feel a little more meaningful. Same word that we were just saying, right? Just matter a little bit more. I thought Monday night raw was great because of that. We had three qualifying matches. We're going to have two more next week on Monday night raw. So now you have just a lot of this intrigue in a U.S title elimination chamber that we now know will have what Austin theory, Seth Rollins for the US
3: title. Now Johnny
0: Gargano, this is you know?
3: putting Roman reigns in the elimination chamber. You know, th- this isn't, you know, you know, whoever wins the elimination chamber is, is the number one contender for a raw special in, in three weeks. This is for the U S title. And look, <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, we can nitpick that Royal rumble match, you know, wh- where was, you know, there there were several people that wasn't in it that that could have been in it there were several people that probably should have lasted longer or did this moon sure there was a couple of botches here and there but you know what it sets up for beautiful great storytelling matches and when you when you've got guys like Seth Rollins Austin Theory, Montez Ford, who can go for forty-five and sixty minutes in an elimination chamber. This is why these guys are going to be put in this type match because Montez Ford needs to win that needs to win that qualifying match. To, yeah, to oh yeah, it
0: he's got to win. And then you know what? I would, I think it should be honestly. Him? I think you should. I think you should have it be either a Ford or a Gargano. I think okay. you should go okay. with a new dude right away, or maybe they're the one who. Makes it all the way through, last to the end, gets eliminated by Theory, and then you have them um, when. But I think you beat Theory because I th- I don't know if the- I think Theory might face Cena, and, and okay. I don't know if you need the U.S. title for that. No, um,
3: and, ma- no, and we talked about that. No, and look, Gargano got that push. Okay, on Monday night. So remember when such- Gargano
0: beat Theory clean? Yeah, in his in like one of his first matches on Raw just a
3: couple months ago. That's a, that's a good point. I would I would love to see, you know. I, I think Gargano is probably one of those guys that they, they he probably needs this title. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably does. If now we've been begging for Montez Ford for to be while. solo for a while, and we never get it. I don't know if we get it here. Uh, it would be interesting. If they're still a tag team, and, and it, look, you can't throw anything out in professional wrestling anymore. Not with AEW and WWE. You can't throw anything out because we don't have playbook from the '80s anymore. The no. events may be back to pushing to sell, but I, you know, this was Triple H. This was Triple H Royal Rumble. This was his first big, big one of the big two or three. You have SummerSlam, Mania, and Royal Rumble, right? So this was his first big one and he he passed with flying colors but if you think we're going to go back to the the oh what's safe is good and, and this guy doesn't need it or maybe a tag guy doesn't need a singles title you're crazy because that can happen in 2023
0: we had our uh, our guy La Knight in the mountain Dew pitch black match they all <laughs> they had the, the face paint on and the and it was you know the the lights it actually kind of looked okay it was kind of cool sure, looking. I, sure. I didn't I didn't mind it that's sort of like the paint that Jeff Hardy has used in in times but only goes about five minutes. I don't I didn't really have a problem with a lot of the work. It just sort of didn't get to the next level. It wasn't even a complete burial of l a night. Like it was a little bit of a match. I just I wasn't sure where they were going. Then they have, you know, Uncle Howdy come out. i I do think because l a night did so well through all this on the microphone, that I think he'll be able to just kind of move along from this and on to something else is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping this isn't one of these things that's like stays with him because he's done really good work throughout this, and it it didn't look bad on Bray's part. Like I didn't have a problem with any of the ring work. It's just sort of hard to gauge like a sure. five minute match in the dark where it was. I don't, it wasn't really all that much.
3: Well, let me be the elephant in the room and let me be the bad guy, Gino. Um- are, are they are they hiding something a little bit with, with Bray, Bray Wyatt? Maybe is, is he not is he he's not ready to go? I, I don't know why he wouldn't be. Maybe he's he's dealing with some injury issues. I do have a question. Do you think L.A. Knight would have been better posed of having a run in the Royal Rumble match, or is he still okay with this? Because what I, I, what I
0: go ahead. What were, what no, were you going to say? I,
3: I I think he's better off with this because I don't think they can deny how hot this guy is now
0: completely agree. I think getting the opportunity and the TV time over the last month to, you know, six weeks to build this is probably a lot better than what he would have gotten. If he was just going to be another guy in the rumble
3: and who knows, Gino, he may have could have been one of those 42nd guys,
0: right? Right. And if, if you don't, and if they didn't really have a plan for him, then it probably would have been what he was just sort of fodder here. We got to hear him talk. He was in the ring with Bray and the undertaker last week on a
3: <laughs> yeah on a
0: monday night raw that was like really highly rated and a bunch of people saw this guy look like a star so i think this is one of those things where you kind of just you almost in like a week or two just does don't ever bring it up again right I, like
3: I, I i agree he comes agree. out
0: he cuts a little promo he's like that was weird as hell you know what i mean and then it's just like yeah. on to the next person Right, so what right. do you
3: do? What do you do with what? what's on to the next person? He's a Smackdown guy. What, 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 what do we do with, with could Have something fun. Maybe like right now
0: with like a ricochet. Okay. I'd like to see some TV stuff for a little while, maybe find.
3: I would him. put him definitely in a, in a hot match this Friday night.
0: Me too. Me too. I'd, I'd want to yeah. keep some momentum with this guy right away as uh Bianca Alexa really wasn't much either, you know, sure. um, And I think they're sort of in a weird spot with Bianca right now because we can lead right to the Royal Rumble when Rhea wins. We all figured Rhea was going to challenge Bianca, but that's not the case. Rhea came out on Monday Night Raw and said she's going to challenge Charlotte. She wants to get her win back. Remember, Rhea came up a few years ago, had a fantastic match with Charlotte, but Charlotte ended up winning that match. And Rhea and Liv Morgan went coast to coast in the Rumble they both went over an hour and one minute. Rhea had seven eliminations. Liv ended up with three. Rhea actually got attacked um, earlier in the night in, during the men's Royal Rumble by Beth. And <laughs> so Rhea came into the women's Royal Rumble a little bit banged up. And, you know, we had good runs in the Rumble from Bailey. She lasted 27 minutes. You saw Dakota and EO go 20 plus. Zoe Stark came up, she went 25 minutes plus you had Oscar look awesome with her new look she went 33 plus minutes and maybe it's Oscar who comes over with a little more of a heelish look and and faces Bianca you had Piper Niven show back up which was cool
3: hey let's let's give it to Gino
0: hey hey there we go and hey. Chad Koopaloop Chelsea <laughs> oh, green no. don't call me Karen <laughs> five seconds and you know what? I'd rather be five seconds than forty-five seconds, right? If you're gonna be short, you want to be the <laughs> shortest one ever and record. have the record. Set,
3: Set the, the record, record baby.
0: and then she she looked and sounded really good on Monday night. I yeah, mean, she just had a great. small little little uh, segment, but she looked great and she had a really good presence there.
3: Yeah, she's uh, you know we known for for a while uh, that that she had had. Is returning to WWE. I didn't know what it was going to be Monday, Friday, or or on Tuesday. Um, I was hoping that it would be Friday, just because I, I, I favor SmackDown. But SmackDown, uh, there's a SmackDown house show coming here pretty soon over the next month or two. That uh, I was hoping she would she would be on one of those matches. But yeah, you know, it's uh. First, let's we'll start with Rhea, the winner. Um, I, this this was a match that you and I thought. Uh, she needed because she's been so good um, over the last several months with Dominic, um, just everything she's done. Now, it, it was it was a big surprise with Monday night with her and Charlotte because I'm just going to be honest with you. They've had some matches, and it hasn't been the best of matches for either one of them. So uh, that'll be interesting at WrestleMania. Um, you know, Liv... Bless her heart. She's just so she's better without the title, and I hate to say that she just is. She's better without the title. What do you do with her though? I don't know, Oscar. Uh, that's probably your next challenger at at Mania. She's back to her old uh, uh, her old Hill gimmick. She had this, uh, you know. She had a moment there with with Carmella. Um, you know, even though Carmella looked like she's she's going to be the Hill, it's good to see Carmella back. But then again, you know, as you mentioned with Bianca, they're they're in a a very weird place with with her, and that's it's it's obvious that I don't know if they know. We have Bailey and Becky again in a in a cage match on Monday. You would think Becky's got to be in the mix, maybe Bailey's got to be in the mix. You got to, it's got to be a hill. It's got to be a hill, right? So uh, there's very no like, interesting choice here. There's not. There's choice? not at all. It, and, and maybe like, that's a match where they put three multiple. or four. Multiple, you're right. It yeah. sounds yeah.
0: like it wouldn't and shock you. That. It wouldn't shock me though if it was like Bailey, Oscar, and Be- Becky. Becky, just like sure. you're saying, no, right? If you got all. a four way or something all. like that. And then we also have to think about Ronda,
3: who wasn't that's on the show point. at all.
0: Yeah, um, at all. That's and, weird. She just lost the title a couple of weeks ago to Charlotte. You know, and we don't you know. We haven't seen Ronda or heard from her. Uh, a couple others that had good performances. We had uh, Raquel go 20 minutes. Mia Yim, Lacey Evans showed up. Uh, she went 14 minutes. Michelle McCool. She was a, a surprise. Indy Hartwell up from sure. NXT. And uh, we saw Shotzi back and Nikki Cross there. And then she's not like most
3: girls.
1: <laughs> Nia Jax. Everyone,
0: everybody teamed up on Nia
3: to eliminate <laughs> Nia
0: Jax, which just pissed her off. So uh, so
3: does that mean Nia
0: Jax is back? I imagine so. I think well, so probably going to be on SmackDown. She wasn't yep. on Raw, so we'll so see. So there's that. <laughs> we'll see if Nia Jax is going to be in the mix somewhere. Uh, and then the Royal Rumble ended with just an incredible oh, man, like a good match between KO and and Roman. We've seen these guys, and they're always going to be good. But then the post match, where you know you have the bloodline after the match, just beating on. Uh, Sam, uh, beating on KO I mean chair shots it's just devastating and you know it's just a massacre everyone taking him out and they're stomping on him they hit the 1D they put him up against the, ch- the turnbuckle with the chair and they Man. do the running hip into his head and then Sammy's just watching like and he took some nasty bumps, man. Yeah, he did.
3: He got beat bad. He and took some really bad bumps.
0: Fans are chanting, you know, Sammy, and he's looking around, and Sammy stands in front of Kevin, so he, he can't, you know, so Roman's got to hit him. Fans are just going nuts here. Um, Roman says there's no going back, and, you know, Roman said if you want to be in the bloodline, you need to do things like this. Otherwise, go and do jackass shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's like You know really conflicted here And Roman like pushes Sammy's face and then Sammy hits Roman in the ch- In the back with the chair just like Seth Rollins did in the oh, yeah. shield A few years yeah. back um, and It was great stuff so and-
3: heartbreaking Now let me let, let, let's let, honestly So we've had days to Have this simmer and there, there Was a contingent after you know after the royal rumble on saturday night into sunday heading into monday that people were like ah cody rose eh, it should have been sammy what tugs at your heart more sammy wins the royal rumble and we've got a couple of months of sammy you know with the bloodline you know you're gonna lay down in this match blah blah this because i think we know that we we probably weren't going to get roman defending both titles on consecutive nights, mm-hmm. right? You know, it would have been neat and interesting. What if the guy gets hurt on Saturday night or or, or what have you? Do you, do you like the moment uh, of Sammy winning the Royal Ruman, Royal Rumble or what happened at the end of this match? God, it's hard to say to that people? this wasn't it good. Is. You know it what is. I mean? It's hard because and, he didn't win the rumble, but, and man, I don't, I you're hard if you're a Sammy fan.
0: Now, let me say, I still don't know where they're going and the only thing i will say is i mean i loved all of this i don't think it should have been done any differently my only word it, not worry is cody doesn't feel like he needs to beat roman okay. right like cody's story was just cody winning the title right that was what his goal was when he came back it was to win the title that his dad didn't win be the be the roads and and so i never felt like even now for Cody, his goal is winning the title. I don't think it matters for him who he beats. I really wanted Sammy to be the guy to <laughs> beat Roman. That, me too. That, me too Because that, I was so, invested in the storyline. And so I'm. I'm. I'll be fine if they end up going in a direction where it's like Sammy and KO and the Usos, if it or it's something like that. But it'll still feel a little like. Is that damn, a
3: consolation though?
0: Is that it, it, is it that does, supposed- right? It doesn't yeah. feel it doesn't feel like that's good enough for Sammy, unfortunately, right now. Like it so doesn't Here's
3: it, the tag team title. Because if they face the Usos, they're gonna they're gonna absolutely because
0: see, I would love, I think it should have been Sam. Like, I don't think they're going to have Cody lose, but like Cody Cody, I think could lose and still have plenty of time to win. Um, or it doesn't matter who who Cody beat. Like, I think you can get Cody back here because code, like again, Cody's goal is beating Roman one or isn't beating Roman. It's just winning. Once the bloodline and Roman stuff is done. Is Sammy going to be as hot?
3: Yeah. And that's the thing. If this ends like this, I mean, this is the end, you know, so like if Cody
0: wins at rumble or Cody wins at mania, Sammy and KO win at mania, like that story's
3: done. It's officially done. And I, I think it may, you know, I, so, I mean, what
0: happens now at the
3: Elimination know. Chamber? I don't know. I don't know. That's in I mean, Montreal. Does KO, does KO, and Sammy get the tag team? Cha- or do they face the Usos? And Sammy turns on KO.
0: Or do we get something like a like a triple threat match between Roman Reigns, Sammy Zayn, and Kevin Owens at the Elimination Chamber? That could be. Could be. And I think
3: they're going to wait for the Usos title change. At Mania. I think you're going to Me see too. a lot of title changes there because that, that starts the new season, right? Me too. So and to speak or whatever. But, man, that Cody promo on Monday Night Raw. It was fantastic. It, look, it was Oklahoma. So, you know, Dusty, you know, it was, you know, it's just, it was fantastic. And they were hot for him. And I was a little worried. Me too. WWE fans can be very fickle and turn and on you. You and didn't
0: hear any of that. I think now it may change when you go to a different place here or there, but that was a great start for him. Yeah, And and as far as not getting any of the booze, not getting any Sammy chance or anything like that, his promo was good. And then the bloodline comes out with Dominic, which was just great. And it leads to a match later on in the night with Cody and with Finn. Hell of a main event. Dominic said, I don't respect my dad. I don't respect anyone's dad. I definitely don't respect <laughs> your dead dad, <laughs> oh, which was like, Oh, nice. Ooh. So, I mean, I thought a good, really nice weekend. And it just, it like led into a really good Monday night raw. Coop. Yeah. But, you know, we've hit on some of the things already from raw. That was a very good main event that ended with Finn and Cody. We, um, we had EO pick up a win over Candice, which a lot of the work was good, right? Even this, this match with EO and Candace was was very good. Candace didn't get a win, but it was a again distraction and stuff like that. And Candace and, and Mia are being sort of partnered and paired together right now. So hopefully they can find a little something for these two. They need they need some tag teams in the women's division. Are they
3: your next tag team champions? We hear Dakota Sky or Dakota Dakota Sky. Dakota Kai is 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 injured and we saw the little segment with with Becky, you know, almost breaking her ankle. So yeah, so these could, could two could you see Candace and and Mia as your as your new champs?
0: I think they could be a a, a nice team to put together. I think you know, we've talked about maybe Shayna and Aronda as a sure. team if if they don't have any plans from Rhonda. Now, Rhea's promo was a little interesting to me because she kind of came off babyface. Babyface. Yeah. Um Charlotte is a babyface right now, but I think that might have just been because Charlotte comes back, beats Rhonda. so Charlotte probably was going to be the babyface in that feud, but if you put Charlotte and Rhea together, people are going to cheer for Rhea.
3: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I
0: agree. So, uh good stuff from Rhea. Kathy Kelly, I just have to give her Oof. a shout out. She is yes. gorgeous.
3: Just, so let's talk about it for the next hour i, I go- don't mind <laughs> gorgeous
0: and like following her on social media too she just has like a really good personality you watch her she's funny she's kind of corny she posts funny pictures and videos and stuff all the time so uh yeah shout out to to kathy kelly in it uh it looks like we're gonna be possibly getting a rollins versus logan paul match yeah, because while Rollins so. qualified along with Theory, first off, Rollins and Gable have a great match. What a match. So (laughs) good. So good. Um, And then Gargano and Corbin have a a really good match. Like, there was a lot of good wrestling on this show. There was a lot of good wrestling on AEW this week, too, on on Dynamite. Just like a good wrestling week on TV.
3: Um, We think Otis, uh, he's being recruited by the. Uh,
0: by the maximum male models. Yeah. Now
3: on raw. Which who's now? I have no problem with that. I thought, I, I think if he joins them, that's going to be amazing.
0: It could be really funny. Hey,
3: Gable could be getting, here's the single push you've been wanting for, for Gable.
0: So it, yeah, This could be a, a moment for Gable. Now there, I thought the, the, the segment with Austin theory and MVP was really weird. This was
3: very, very weird. It was like very awkward. Weird. It was
0: almost like, the timing, they didn't like the lines were off. Like somebody was off on the script. The timing was off. They were going back and forth. I just did not. Both, I like both of these guys. MVP is usually really good in on the mic, and Theory's been a lot better. But yeah, this was
3: this was just off. It's like oil and water. Now Theory got heat. There, you mm-hmm. know, and then here comes Bobby Lashley. Then then it really got interesting, and I'm like, oh no, uh, we're we're not gonna have Omos come back out here, are we? Uh, Rick Boogs, he
0: Boogs. likes to rock. My name is Rick Boogs. He likes to rock. And
3: Boog, boog,
0: boog comes out <laughs> and uh, just gets a quick squash over the Miz, who was pissed off because he had to be Miz in his, in his suit. What,
3: what are you going to do with Miz at I know. Uh, the Royal uh, at Mania? What, what rock and roll or movie star is coming to Mania that's going to go over on poor Miz?
0: I know, poor Miz right now. <laughs>
3: I mean, he's married to Maurice. I never mean, I never, I never feel
0: too bad Pierce. for him for that. Yeah, no, not at the saying. end of the day, no. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Bailey and Becky had their segment that you spoke about. Uh, Bailey um, and Becky will have that cage match next now week. She, and- hey,
3: look, you got to give it to Becky. She's getting, or Bailey, she's giving, she's trying as much heat as possible. You she's know, when she starts talking about Seth, Seth Rollins and, you know, your old man, only the reason why he married you because he knocked you up. I went, e-? you know, then here's Becky posting pictures of Bailey hugging Seth Rollins. I mean, man, this like is years incredible. back. Yeah, yes, that was, I love it.
2: <laughs>
0: she said he was trying to, she tried to steal him before. And so that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was good back and forth. And then Becky took out the members of the, uh, of damage control. So it should just be a one-on-one match yeah. next week. And the other qualifier was Bronson Reed uh Bronson yeah. Reed got a quick squash over uh over Ziggler which you know it's it's a good a good way to make Bronson Reed look dominant and again like it seems like a couple of guys like Gargano and Reed who they didn't really love the way that they brought them up initially this was sort of a good way to kind of get a start over for them
3: yeah you know like like I told you um with with bronson reed on monday night the guy can go there there is no doubt about that and even more impressive uh he's a big guy and i think he's going to take a lot of risk in this elimination chamber you know match and i mean i honestly i wouldn't be surprised at all if he won the damn match um i'd like to see some more promos with him though me too uh let's speak a little bit let's talk a little bit of course you and i know and know his history but not your average WWE arena t shirt fan is gonna know this guy. Um, I'd like to see a couple more promos, but don't be shocked if if he grabs that title in Elimination Chamber. Because I'm with you. I don't think Austin Theory needs it with a John Cena match. And I, I, I think that's where they're gonna end up in mania. There's there's no reason for Theory to have that that match at all because he could lose it and be that crybaby loser and just be calling out people, blah blah this, and then you know, here comes Cena. So, yeah, I, I I think this would be a, a chance for Gargano, uh, Reed, Ford, one of these guys to win it let them go with the Rocket.
0: Yeah, and then you have Seth have some plans with already with Logan Paul. You Sure. Can have sure, uh, sure. Uh, Theory be elevated also. Because let me um, tell you
3: what, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, you can hate Logan Paul. I don't like him. But in the ring, that guy is uh, is, is pretty darn impressive, and him I mean, and Seth would, would tear the house down.
0: Some of the rumors that I heard, too, is that, and, and they make sense when you, when you hear it this way, Logan is really good and really athletic, but he's still so green and early in his career that he needs to really go over the match a lot and kind of work out some of the spots, and someone like John Cena wouldn't have the schedule to do that. They they basically just said like it would be really hard for him and Cena to put together a really good match, which is with as good as they both want it to be. Logan can train with Seth all the time, all
3: the time. Like they don't have to be on TV every week.
0: No, they can workshop this match a bunch. You know, like in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, and they'll they'll have a couple huge spots, I'm sure, for the match, and it'll be it'll be really good. So that'll be fun, and they're setting up the women's Elimination Chamber match. We already know it's going to be Raquel, Asuka, Liv, and Nikki Cross. They were the final four members of the Rumble. I loved that they used— I love that. They they were like, hey, we're going to use that, and then we'll fill two more spots. I love that. Love it. Now, it it. it just made the Rumble feel a little more important. Next week, we're getting Candice LeRae, uh, Mia Yim, Piper Niven, and Carmella in a fatal four-way, and one of them will get the other spot. And then there'll be a final spot given. Um, who do
3: you, who do you book in that match?
0: Probably. I, you know, what's cool is that I I really do feel like, I mean, Carmela just came back. So it wouldn't be a shock to see her uh, Piper. They gave her a run. They changed her name. I think she would probably be the best choice in that match. Just give you a different dynamic. You have someone who's has a, a different presence and unique look. She's obviously bigger and that'll offer you some fun matchups and and then Candace could use it, but I would go Piper or Carmella, I think. Okay.
3: What so you don't you? think they do Kansas and uh, since Johnny? That did, would be it, cool.
0: Like Candace needs it more, right? right? I think she could use being in there more than the others. Like Carmella's fine wherever you put Carmella. I li-
3: yeah. yeah. I, I like your Piper Niven. Uh, I like your, I like that. I can go and- with that.
0: And then we uh, we saw a little bit of the setup for uh, the men's qualifying matches backstage, the Street Profits and Elias and Boogs were all back there. <laughs> so next week, we have a pretty good uh, Raw coming up in Orlando. We'll have Candice LeRae, Michin, Carmella, Piper, Niven in a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Montez versus Elias in a qualifying match. Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest in a qualifying match. And Becky versus Bailey in a steel cage. I love that they've already got a bunch of matches booked and, and promoted for next week.
3: Do we see both of the street profits in there or no? Way? I don't think Damian so. Yeah. I think
0: we get Damian priest just the way the too. matches look on paper, right? Yeah, I, Damian I priest too. and Montez Ford, like uh, on the betting board, I think they would both be favored in those matchups. I got right? you. I like
3: that too. Yeah. I like priest that and
0: Ford. And then uh, we finished up with a really good main event with Cody and with Finn. So, Oh man, that's good. Great, great week for WWE. Between. Massive rating
3: for Monday Night Raw. Of course, they didn't have Monday Night uh, Football to contend with, but, you know, it, that was massive. Over two two $2.2 That's that's pretty big for Monday Night Raw.
0: And the Rumble business, as we mentioned, it, they broke records, shattered records oh, all gosh. over. Gate, money, merchandise sales, just fantastic stuff right now this week. From WWE it's like all of the big weekends now have felt really good you know when they felt these really good like they're
3: supposed to be right it's not the mm-hmm. event is over and you're not talking about it anymore because we've been there with WWE before in the past where you have a big event and Raw supersedes it, it didn't happen Royal Rumble was magic man this 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 road to WrestleMania is going to be very intriguing this year.
0: We're on the road to NXT Vengeance Day, which is this weekend. Um, So we had a a look at NXT that kicked off with Indu Shear, the big boys, with Jinder Mahal beating the Creed brothers. So Indu Shear get the win. There was some distraction, and um, Jinder was out there getting involved. And I'm I'm wondering what they're doing with the Creed's because they've kind of done this a few times with them. It seems like they always like to have them – kind of lose and get kind of screwed over when that (laughs) happens, maybe there'll be a team that eventually like wins the big one at the big one at the big one. So maybe they beat new day in a few months, you know, come mania season, but they're kind of in a weird spot right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can't call everybody up, right? No, Um, because business has definitely picked up uh, on both raw and SmackDown. Um, I, I don't know where you could put them if we had to put them, Somewhere on Monday or, or Friday nights, uh, and not get lost. Uh, if if you're going to bring up a tag team like that, you they need to win the titles, and they're probably not going to win it, um, this soon, uh, on the main roster. But yeah, I, I, I'm I, definitely with you here. I, I, their booking has been really, really walky here all over the over place the past year, man. And, and yeah. I, I just, this is one thing I don't like because I like the Creed brothers, they, uh, had a little back and
0: forth between Tyler Bate and Axiom. He said, you remind me of uh, a kid, which is who he is. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and then they have a a really good 10 minute match. Like these two guys can both go. They're great guys to have on the show. And, and now they're kind of at the point where you can slot them anywhere. Like you could put these guys in a match in the, for the title for the North American title, you know, against anyone at any level. And they're going to give you a good 10, 15 minutes on TV. I just, I, I think, I think with bait, you know him. Like I'd love to see bait and Dragonoff go at it. They were both NXT oh, UK guys, you know. Yeah. I, I, and I'd been reading that uh, Dragonoff and uh, Sakamura are people that they really want to get um, in NXT a little bit, like have a bigger commitment for them, and then they can go uh, a little stronger with the way they book them. But Tyler Bate and Axiom are are solid. Like good good match between those two and. Um, you know, just good guys to have on the roster. you can you can put them in different spots. It looks like we're setting up for a a Sol Ruka Zoe Stark um match, I believe because we get Zoe beating Indy. They were both in the rumble and they joked about it. but then after the match, Zoe wins and she attacks Indy and then Saul Ruka comes out to make the save. I think she feels like someone who might benefit the most from what's happened with Nikita over the last couple months, like Nikita felt like they were just about to put the rocket behind her. And then she's gotten hurt a few different times and she's had some, some issues. And now Saul Ruka has a look. She's got some unique offense and she, she's just kind of different. She's got that like surfer kind of vibe thing. I like going on. She seems kind of comfortable and laid back. I like her coop. I think she's, she's got some, like a big, big future.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you compared her to Nikita because, it, you know, it's what Monday or Tuesday Nikita posted on her Twitter account that she's going to be out for a while uh, due to uh, a, a, a leg or knee operation. I like Saul. I, I do. Uh, I, I have no problems with Zoe. We know how good she is in the ring. I mean, heck, they brought her up to be in the Royal Rumble, and that says a lot. You think,
0: is Zoe like probably one of the next challengers for Roxanne? Just someone yeah, that Roxanne I, can beat in a match, you know, like in a match for the title, and like one of the on TV or maybe in like a in a yeah. non WrestleMania type weekend. You know,
3: I, here's what's interesting about Zoe Stark. Um, it was it was not it was not, it was a failure to put her in a tag team. Um, it didn't work out. Of course, there was injury problems. Right, I, you know, she's so good in the ring. You know, man, I don't know. I don't know if I would put Roxanne over her. Um, I don't think they're ready for Roxanne to give up the title because I think they like their champions on in NXT to carry those two big titles, the 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 NXT Championship and the and the NXT Women's. I think they like to have uh, longevity there, but man, they sure are pushing her. I mean, if you're going to start winning matches, you're getting called up to the Royal Rumble. You're going to be in a championship match pretty soon. So it looks like that's the way they're headed. And if Roxanne goes over her, uh, feather in the cap, because uh, Zoe Stark is really, really good in the ring, man. She's probably the best in-ring talent that I agree.
0: She's she's very good, and she's like a good measuring stick type.
3: She would be good on the
0: main roster too. The, The only issue with her is like we're saying like, I, I can't. I have a problem seeing her like win the big one, right? But she's someone who can always be right there. Yeah. And having like a cup of coffee with it, right? Like you can always put her into so she gonna a be the bridesmaid. event.
3: She's going to be the bridesmaid. Uh, kind of, right? She sort of feels like <laughs>
0: someone who, you know, because I don't know how babyface she is. She's a good heel. She's a better heel Yeah, oh, because absolutely. she's good in the ring and she can just talk shit about it, right? Like, I'm better than you. I'm a badass in the ring. She's really you know, athletic
3: we don't need Robert stone or valet or anybody no. to be with her, you know, that that's not going to work. Cause you know, with the tag team stuff, it didn't work.
0: No, but, uh, Zoe continues to, to do some good work in ring. And I think she might be on the trajectory for, a a Roxanne, perhaps the schism had a, a little chat and, and we, we started to hear from, uh, from Ava for a while. We haven't heard yeah. from her, um, in quite a bit, but, um, I think there was an injury uh, that they had, so they were off TV and, and not quite around for a while, but again, they were covering a lot of ground on this episode of NXT. Wes Lee comes out, he sets up his match that, uh, he's going to have with uh Dijak this weekend. And, and that should be a blast Ooh, like that. I'm man. really looking forward to those two guys can go and just the, the big small man dynamic in there should be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, this, this is probably one of the matches I'm looking forward to on this, uh, uh, Vengeance Day card. Um, I, I don't know how you book it because Dijak was a person that, uh, was brought up to the main roster and no reason to rehash that, uh, train wreck, uh, which we thought was a good idea at first. And then it just, it, it derailed very, very quickly. Um. You know, they brought him back, and man, they've given him a big push, but, you know, they just put the 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 title on Wes Lee, and this is somebody that we thought was in trouble when his partner got fired. Uh, and, and he's been able to, uh, you know, maneuver through that with a big singles career. So I don't know how you book that, but this is a match I'm really, really looking forward to is for that title. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think I don't want Wes to lose here he's kind of felt a little We like the last few weeks we haven't seen as much of him because they've been setting up the match for him
3: like we've seen seems to me more like the the NXT championship I know you're right though I know like he doesn't seem because if we're talking if he loses loses this match it's hard to bring him back and I don't know what they're going to do with Braun Breaker here we we thought this is the guy that he could you know could be possibly up you know relatively quick
0: do you, you think they have a way of maybe getting Tony D involved that could could keep one of the other guys strong? You yeah, know what I, mean? and I think
3: I think that's what we could be uh, they could be alluding to, right? Because Tony they, D and Stacks one they either
0: yeah. attack one of the other guys and then that way whoever loses has a a way to get out of it. Yes. and yes. it won't hurt them as much. And you're right, dirty finish. I like that. I, I, then maybe you can kind of babyface Die Jack a little bit more if Tony D screws
3: him over. Yeah, um, that can you could know, you have Wesley put his legs on the ropes. One of those, you know, t- those those baby face finishes like that are, are often good Sometimes
0: You know, let's um, let's keep looking at NXT. What else did we have here on NXT? We had, uh, yeah, just a little look at Tony D backstage with stacks. So the injury update on Nikita, which you mentioned torn ACL bummer. like eight to <laughs> ten God, months, sucks, man. That's for so her. bad.
3: Gosh, oh. She was so good
0: and then um just a video with uh Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller, you know, setting up the uh the main event NXT title match for this weekend. So, a lot of continued build to the big matches this weekend. We weren't sure if it was going to happen before, but now we've got Albafire and uh <laughs> and Don as a tag team. So, they um you know what? Again, one thing they need on all levels are some of these women's tag teams. Yeah. And if you have a couple of women that you don't really have plans for, and you can put them together, and these two can have, like, a cool, gothic, evil, you know, heel tag team. That's a little bit different, a little bit unique. I have no problem with this. Um, Yeah, we had a, an interview with Roxanne, JC, and GG. Now, <laughs> my... Roxanne, let me say this. Roxanne in the ring is really good. Yeah. My only concern with Roxanne, (laughs) she is so big, like corn corny baby face. It is like it's like a spoonful of sugar. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh my (laughs) goodness. Like it is it is so much (laughs) when I'm watching her. It's like just some of the things that made people cringe about like a John Cena, you know. She's just saying her prayers and eating
3: her vitamins. Yeah, yeah, you know what, what I mean? Like, pictures with Natalie or N- Natalia, Natty, the backstage at the Royal Rumble. This just, is one of my idols, my heroes, which is fine. But yeah, I
0: get that. I get it. And, too, but, and, 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 you know, like you need people like that because there are people like that. And she sure. – it, it doesn't seem fake. You know what I mean? Like it seems pretty genuine. It's just. <laughs> but, <laughs> and
3: then you've well, got, toxi- you got toxic contraction now with maybe a little riff between them. It's like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, wait a minute. So it'll it'll be some false finishes. Those two will like pull each, you know, you know, when one's trying to get the pin on Roxanne, the other one will, will pull her off. So it should be a fine match. I'll say that.
0: The card for this weekend is is good. I'm gonna get to it in just one second. Um Stevie Turner, we saw her in the yeah, ring. She's got um, a new
3: gimmick, new name, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was cool.
0: Um, just just quick, you know, she's kind of like a podcaster, content creator. But let's give her a few uh, a few matches and and see, um, you know how how high they are on her. It looks like Kiana James and Fallon Henley are going to be taking a shot at the tag team titles because yeah. that's uh, a match that got set up for this weekend and. Who knows? Maybe the bar's on the line also,
3: you know, <laughs> <laughs> that bar has just, the title of that bar, you know, who, who just God, the guy who owns the property is trying to get money for them. it just, it passes on from owner to owner every, every week on NXT, man. It's like roadhouse. Somebody's coming in to get the bar.
0: <laughs> oh, And, um, hey, what do you Drew... think
3: about, what'd you think about, uh, um, Apollo Cruz, uh, his promo. Oh,
1: he, he, Apollo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Apollo
0: stuff is just—I don't know what—I don't know what they're doing with Apollo. Uh, you know what? He's more—it's—it's it's almost like it's a joke, like a running joke. Like yeah, it's popping, like a rib. It's like like a they're rib. popping the boys in the back or something with it. And the thing about it is, he's—he goes out and gives us great matches all the time. But gosh, they don't. Somebody said it was like a while ago. It was like a That's So Raven. <laughs> you know, and like you can see yeah, him. that's so Apollo, <laughs> that's so Apollo, but um Apollo will have a match this weekend. I mean, the card is good. So it's Apollo and and uh, Carmelo two out of three falls. We've got um, Wesley versus Dijak North American championship. We've got women's tag team championship Carter and Chance versus Fallon Henley and Keanu James. Women's title, triple threat, Roxanne, JC, Gigi. And we've got the men's title, Braun versus Grayson Waller. And then the uh, NXT Tag Team Championship match, where we have four teams in the match. And one of those
3: four, Chase you baby! Finally! Man, hey, what what a main event on this NXT. This was good! What a moment for Chase U. I thought it was fire. I thought it was money, man. I it, was it was a gr- good main. It was great. And they don't usually
0: win... In big no. matches, right? We you haven't, have we seen them on a pay per view ever? No, I, and
3: I don't think they've, they've won very many matches, maybe a singles here or there.
0: So I'm pumped for them getting an opportunity. Uh, that should be a blast. Gallus, pretty deadly, the new day, and Chase U. Will be in that fatal four way. So that's this weekend. That's on Saturday, right? Uh, NXT Vengeance Day, another big WWE show, NXT show coming up this weekend. Coop, let's finish up with AEW. Now, this was like a perfect microcosm of of what I love and don't love about AEW, all on the same show. And yeah, that, agree. there were like four matches that were really good, like awesome a lot of this show is really good wrestling and then there's like four or five production things or like storyline things that were just bad bad that were like how could you have that happen on a television like on a national TV show like how did you let that go down Um, and that's that's sort of the issue I have and then also the, the great thing about AEW is that when you just flip on on a Wednesday night, some nights you're going to get three or four 10 or 15 minute matches that are very, very good. And, and they delivered
3: sp- in that department. They got give them credit. They, they did.
0: did. They were like, we're gonna go through four different matches on this card that I thought were very good. And Moxley Page kicks it off. And in the matches is, is I mean, these two guys are both excellent. There's just some like some sort of weird stuff like about the way they're they're kind of going through the match, um, (laughs) which was, was kind of funny. Like he he puts a figure four on him when they're like beating each other up, which is kind of weird. Like they're like going to blows and then someone locks in a figure four. It just sort of felt like a little bit out of, like out of, (laughs) out of place. Um, But they go at it. The only thing I don't love is, you know, again, they're sort of, selling the the kind of head injury stuff. Yeah. Right? With this match, yeah. when we know that there are legitimate guys on and gals on this roster who have just had head injuries. And we're going to see that again later on in the night. Um, so, uh, great match to start, though. I mean, these two guys are two of the best. But, like, who am I rooting for? Who am I not in this spot? And I guess this will probably set up what, like a last man standing match or something like that? Do you think between these guys at the pay-per-view?
3: Yeah, and we and we probably need to be done with it after that. Yeah, you you talk about the way uh, matches work and that, you, you know, and, and I'm, what I'm pretty hard on AEW about, uh, you know, you, you have a great point in the head injury uh, stuff that it seems like week in and week out we're getting uh, in these oh. matches. And what's also week in and week out that we're getting, and they're not even hiding how it's being done. Is when somebody bleeds, I mean, yeah, the, the now kid, we, we need to know uh, the kid, look. Production needs to know when someone's gonna blade. Look, I, I, we're, that was I awful. He we he saw him cut there. like the, it was just see, brutal to watch and see. And see like, somebody dude, cutting themselves. On.
0: And the other note that I skipped right over, which was the thing that frustrated me the most, is that okay, I know we've seen this happen before, and it's happened on the, the territories it's happened in WWE but knowing what we know now i don't like the fact that they're throwing a beer in this guy's face
3: no i don't no, like that at all no. this guy i didn't I, did I thought that was real and and, and real here's the thing crazy. right
0: i don't know if it's a real beer it's probably not right i don't like the fact that you're saying it's a beer when we all know that this guy left to go to rehab recently it's packing. like in, Let's call it what it is. We've seen it with Jake, the Snake Roberts. They did it with him. They did it with Punk even, right? And like some of the Punk did it. You know, they've done it with – I I don't like it. I don't like it. I've never liked something like that. I don't – I think you can get heat in other ways. I don't think the beer stuff does anything for you. That bothers the hell out of me when you've got a guy that seriously went to rehab because – he was talking about all of his demons and having thoughts of wanting to kill himself. And he has a brand new baby and a family and his his wife is there on (laughs) like a part of this. I don't like that. Um, Yeah,
3: I agree. Good point. Just a couple of like
0: cringy things, you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago, even the thing with Ricky Starks doing the lisp, you know, with, with swagger, like just little things like that, that I
3: don't, it's not likable for, for, and it's not edgy. No, it's not. Look, and that's the deal. They're bleeding every week, too. I Look, I've never been a big blood fan in wrestling, but when it happened, it was the moment that you're like, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, he's busted open. He's bleeding. I, we just I don't feel that way anymore with wrestling at all. And it's just being done way too much. And I, I know you're trying to make. You're you're trying to shock people into things. I don't think that's the way AEW grows and grows is by have, having guys getting beer thrown in their face or making fun of someone who has passed or blading every week. I, I totally agree on that point. That's stuff that needs to change. It's funny you have two companies who do it totally
0: opposite. WWE <laughs> yeah. doesn't do it at all anymore. At all,
3: you better not. We we like, don't even do headshots, uh, no- chair headshots anymore.
0: Nothing. Um. Again, though, I I feel like my critique. Because if we wanted to go through the match for 15 minutes and praise a lot of the work, we could go through every move. 100%. Overall, it's a great match. It's just that this is what you need to do to move forward is the full package. It's got to be now your production level, your storytelling has to be on par with your in-ring work. And it's not like in this match, I didn't like the, the beer thing. The Blade stuff was horrible. And it's just kind of weird about like they can, they do this a lot in AEW, which I guess it's fine. But for me, I like having a little bit more distinct heels and baby faces in particular feuds. You don't always have to be just a bad guy or a good guy, but in a feud, I sort of think it's best when you sort of know who you're supposed to cheer for and boo. And a lot of the times they don't. Now, Page played the heel a little bit more because this is close to Moxley's home, where they were. So Moxley was kind of more like the babyface here, but um we'll see moving forward. We have uh the bunny, Butcher and the Blade with backstage with Jamie Hayter. Bunny challenges Hayter, and then we saw Soraya and Tony beat up Britt Baker, um, which was kind of funny. It led to a moment later where Britt was in the back and Ruby Soho comes in. And it's like, are you okay? And Brit's like, this is awkward. What do you mean? We don't, we don't like each other. I thought you, you were friends with them. Um, so we're we're getting the full uh, Brit Breaker face turn now.
3: Yeah, it like happened in a week. two uh-huh. right.
0: <laughs> All of a sudden, Soraya and Tony Storm are just the most evil people in the world, you know. And like Britt is just like, great. It's funny how it how it just happened, but uh, but we're there now. I don't know where exactly we're going with like the acclaimed and the guns so the acclaimed basically have a squash they win they call these guys the bootleg beverly brothers <laughs> which was <laughs> which was a great line a great
3: outrunners. line runners wasn't it the outrunners oh and That's- you know what
0: shout out to uh you know who was the manager for the Beverlies, the genius he came out with them, right? Like the brothers Beverly. I remember oh, him yeah. cutting yeah. yeah, him cutting the promos for uh for them sometimes. And Lanny Poffo just passed away a little earlier on in the day as Chad and I are recording the the brother of the Macho Man. And the acclaimed they win, guns come out, they have a little back and forth, and this is going to lead to So here's what doesn't make sense about this. Why is Billy Gunn acting like these guys are all in a faction together? He's like, why are you guys mad at each other? Why are you guys fighting? Well, because they're two different tag teams fighting over the tag team championship. What do you mean, why are you fighting? <laughs> He's acting like they're all a part of DX, and they're, like, fighting with each other. The Guns and the Acclaimed aren't, uh, to, like, a faction. They're not friends. Of course they would be fighting. I don't even it's like this the story doesn't really make sense here to me I don't why why is he pissed off so is, is this all a ruse because then Billy Gunn says you're gonna have a match next week so he basically books a match on his own for the tag team <laughs> titles next week and the acclaimed are like what the hell why are we why are we defending the titles here do you do you think this is if this is a swerve that would be the only thing that makes sense if this was like Billy, just doing all this to set up so that way his sons could win the title. Okay, that at least makes sense. That would be very stupid for AEW to do to one of their more most over acts right now to to split Billy and the acclaimed. I think people, dude, I was in that stadium two weeks ago when those guys came out. Everyone is scissoring everybody next to each other. They are over as hell. I do not think you want to break these guys up right now. So it's it's either the story doesn't make any sense at all or it makes sense and you're going to break o- up a really overact and I don't think either one of those are good.
3: No, I don't think it's a swerve. <laughs> I just think it's bad booking, Gino.
0: Right? It's 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 bad booking and bad storytelling. Um I, yeah, I just not not sure on that. Jack Perry Jungle Boy says that he's going to go um by himself and try to become a champion this year. Just kind of a quick promo, maybe like a little reset for him. That's fine. They had him in a little tag team with Hook. He, I could see him being someone that would be just like a fun match for a Samoa Joe and a TBS champion, you know? Yeah,
3: um, yeah or, or uh, Ringo, yeah. You know, if you're going to well, focus even, on Ringo... Ring even of Iron MJF. Iron event, yeah.
0: Even yeah. MJF because MJF's not some big like, they would have a good match and and they're they're both quote-unquote, the pillars, right? Wasn't Jungle Boy one of the pillars? They were the four young guys that, you know, they're supposed to build the company around. And so I could see he has a couple with with some of these heel champions. There are a few good options out there for him. You just got to let him... I sort of feel bad for him because he just never got to get the big win he was supposed to over Christian. And I think that's really hurt him moving, you know, like that was supposed to be a win for him. And then he was supposed to like shoot up the card after that. And then Christian got hurt and he's just been kind of floundering.
3: Yeah. And I didn't understand why they immediately put him together with hook jungle hook or whatever they were calling them for (laughs) however many weeks. He needed to be solo anyway. So at least we got a promo, by him saying, "Hey, it's time for me to do my solo thing." So, yeah, you know, the problem is with him; he's just so undersized. You know, he's so undersized. And So when you have a match with him him versus Joe, you know, it just looks like, oh man, I'm not saying it wouldn't work because it would. Because well, you are, you are sort are really of just had
0: that with Joe and Darby, and Darby's a little Again, bit yeah, more extreme, true. you know, in the ring than than Jungle Boy or that's than true. Uh, than Jack Perry is, but. <laughs> Let, let's see where they can go with uh, with Jack. We went to a, a, again, really good match. Takeshita and Brian Cage. And um, Takeshita gets the win over Brian Cage. These guys go about 10 minutes. And they're actually setting up Takeshita to have a match with MJF next week. It's going to be a world title eliminator match. And MJF actually comes out after the Brian Danielson match. And he saves Brian Danielson from getting attacked by MJF. So they have a, a sort of like a side story going on with MJF and Takeshida who MJF calls Takeshida. and we have a, um, I actually could see Takeshida winning the match by DQ. I could see that happening. I could see like MJF walking out, Brian Danielson coming in or doing something. And then that setting up a down the line match for Takashita. I don't think MJF will like lose a match clean, but I could see him not even like wanting to wrestle and and bailing on it somehow. But Hey, you know what? They, um, they're giving this guy a little bit of a push. It's just sort of hard again with someone like him. Can he get over without cutting the promos. In in this day, in the modern age, you can get over a lot more, and you can even have subtitles on your promos fine. Um, yeah,
3: oscar has been able to do it without an issue.
0: hmm So they, you know what? They seem they seem high on this guy. They keep giving him a lot of TV time in a lot of big matches against some of the top guys on their, on their roster.
3: Well, here's the thing, I, and I don't have a problem with any of that. Um I do have a, a question or two. If we're going to... Be down on WWE for having their champions in non-title matches and call them title eliminators. We we need. I don't to don't like the same at all with AEW. And what I didn't like is didn't we see a brawl between he and MJF? And then after that, se- immediately after that segment, MJF, MJF was in different MJF clothes with with a briefcase, and I'm like, what are we doing the, again?
0: This the the, the production right? was completely off. They threw they at one point. Excalibur said. And let's go backstage to Renee with MJF, and it was a completely different
3: segment right. that he and, threw and, to. And, and here, here's the question I have because we've been so high on him. Does MJF feel a little coldish right Absolutely, now? Absolutely, right chill-y? now,
0: hundred percent. And I don't even know what it is. It's I don't know if it's even like like that. He's a smaller guy, even. But like when he walks down to the ring, sometimes in his like regular clothes, he doesn't come off to me as big of a star. I don't Not know. True. I just, the way, the sort something about the look the other day, um, and my concern was, okay, this is how they've built a lot of MJF's matches where the guy has to go through a gauntlet in order to get to MJF. And then, <laughs> and then there. we go backstage to the Jericho Appreciation Society, and Jericho has to talk about, wanting another, uh, Ricky Starks wants another match. So they're going to make Ricky Starks go through the gauntlet in order to get another match against Chris Jericho. Who he beat. Who he's already beat clean. He's already (laughs) beat, not clean. He beat Jericho in a match where they were screwing him over and he won, (laughs) which felt like the end of the feud. I don't have any problem with another Ricky Starks Jericho match. I don't know why you're making it seem like Ricky Starks has to go through all of this to get a match with a guy who he's already had a match with and beat clean.
3: Well, is it it is it punishment to Ricky who was spotted backstage with Cody at, at the Royal rumble rumble? <laughs> <laughs> the rumble. Him and Cody are,
0: are really good friends. And so Ricky was
3: there. Uh, uh, no, it, it's not punishment, of course. It's not no, it is, no. it's, it's it's stupid. I was just being funny. But, but I just didn't understand why. Look, I beat the guy. I want one more shot at him, but what? I have to go through the whatever something, something the, the, Gar- the Garcia
0: uh-huh. Guevara Gauntlet. <laughs> He's got to beat Angelo (laughs) Parker, Matt Menard, um, Daddy Magic, whose nips are
3: hard, and
0: yeah, man, it's
3: just that it's just bad booking. It is. This
0: is between this, the blade shot at the beginning, the beer thing, um, the MJF, the MJF off beat down brawl, the, the, the 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 bad timing of the brawl. Those are just four or five things on your show that. Chad, like anyone that listens to this show, when we have a guest on that helped me critique, like the Marvel movies and TV shows and the Star Wars movies and TV shows, I'm doing the same thing Absolutely. on those shows. 100%. If, if the storyline doesn't add up, we're talking about
3: it. We're saying yeah. Yeah, this
0: doesn't make problem. sense. I, I, yeah, Why we, doesn't we, this
3: story make sense? And, and it just look it, again. I, I think week after week I bring it up and say that's the biggest problem I have with AEW is the the storylines. And again, this is obviously something they don't really care about, which is which is fine. But if you're going to tout numbers and you're going to tout we're the big boys with the WWF or WWE and all this stuff, you can until you start doing things a little bit better in the storyline department because yeah, you're going to get a million, you're going to get a million, you know, here and there, but is, is that really growing? I just don't understand. We're three going into four years now, why they haven't been able to figure out the production stuff. When you've brought over all these production people from WWE, Jim Ross, Arn Anderson, the big show, uh, Mark Henry, these are guys that that worked and booked matches backstage, but we can't get anything right on camera. I'm not going to YouTube to figure out to see if Ricky Starks or see if private party's doing this or not. This is something you have to fix on Wednesdays, and this is if you fix that, then this becomes a lot better product, and we're not spending 20 minutes talking about these little bitty things that drive us insane because they add up to a lot of stupidity, Gino. They really it's, do.
0: It, it's one of those things where Like and 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 it's sort of it's a little unfair at sometimes, but the wrestling is so good that we are and it is in in most in, in WWE it is too, and in impact it is too though. You know what I mean? In New Japan it is too like just the level overall of like the floor of a match is so much better than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, right? Like what we're getting on TV week to week is great. And as I said, if you if you turn the volume down and you were someone who just threw this on in the background. And most of this show, you would be entertained, but the, the things the, that you can point out the four or five things, they're all big things. And they sort of, they really kind of handicap AEW from t-
3: continuing to grow. No, let me ask you this. Cause you brought it up. You brought up Marvel and you brought up the star Wars, you, the the big, the big movies, the big series franchises. So if you're, if, if you're critiquing a movie, Whatever it is, Marvel, is the is the new Ant Man I saw the previews for it. So, if the ending is pretty good or spectacular, and they have two or three very good moments into the into the movie, does that make it a success?
0: It doesn't. It. It, you 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 think like you remember those, but the problem is,
3: it it can't. You remember like, the bad parts more than the more, good because look Gino you and I both look we've been in the media uh the media eye for years and years hell I'm 48 I'm, half of my career has been in the media I'm going on 21 22 years a lot of people don't call in or post on Facebook Twitter or Instagram and tell you how good of a job you've done No they don't they, 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 they just complain. stay quiet they yeah they, they, they these people complain so you remember the more bad takes than the good and I just uh, I I look these matches that they had were so good this uh this past Wednesday night. Thatcher,
0: Thatcher, we knew from I mean, NXT. I've well, I've announced these matches.
3: Hate, I hate the fact that they they stole him away because I thought that guy would have would be immediately brought back by Triple H. And hell, maybe Triple H called him and offered him this and said, No, AEW's gonna pay me this, and they parted ways. That was a hell of a match. Great. With 14
0: R- minutes. So again, we're talking. The opening match that goes like fifteen, the Brian the Brian Danielson Thatcher match, the Cage to match, the and main event. the main event. You have four matches that are ten minutes plus that are all awesome. I would recommend don't skip those matches, watch no. them. You don't need to fast forward through them or anything. They're really good, but they all could be a little bit better, or the stuff around them could be better. Don't isn't that what you want when you have people already there watching your great matches? Don't you want to tell them a little bit better of a story too for some of the other people that need that, that really you and me, you and me are the guys that
3: need the story a little bit more successful people. And I'm not, look, I'm not judging the cons at all. I mean, hell, look what happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. They made a great decision bringing Doug Peterson in Um, successful people and successful business ventures thrive Why you trying to hire better people than you are at certain things so they can make the company better there's so much talent at aew in and out i just don't know why they can't figure this stuff out i i, I just i can't Hell, i'm not the biggest new japan uh you know more about new japan than i do but i recall the few times that i've watched and i'm not talking about botches because it, it, that happens i'm talking about things that happen uh, production-wise, and match-wise, or storytelling-wise, I don't recall that stuff happening in New Japan. It doesn't.
0: It doesn't really... It does We would joke about it with, in the Dixie Carter impact, too. Well, it doesn't sure, really sure, happen in, in, some, sure. in, in Impact as much as it used to, either. Like, it's a lot tighter
3: there now, and I it, still watch that because I've got some friends uh, in, in that organization. It's a it, lot
0: tighter than what it used to be. It's a good to. watch when you watch the show. They don't especially have they, as much their of like, views. their huge views are damn name good. stars. As they, as they were trying to, which is fine. Like, I don't think they have this bloated, um, you know, roster that they have to pay anymore that, that probably killed them for years having right. to pay some of these, like past their prime stars. They've got a lot of really good talent there. So I, I agree. It's just, I'm critical of the things that I'm also that critical. That matters the
3: most. With and WWE. That's, that's what it's for though. That's what it, it's for. For yep. to critique that what we think matters a lot in professional wrestling
0: swerve strickland um they named the guys right we got uh, a <laughs> parker what was the other guy's name
3: flesh i
0: mean it was something uh, scratch something bizarre something Some, oh i i thought i wrote it down but i didn't it but did. but this is kind of a, a, a little bit sad and what we've seen where's keith lee oh man
3: and it, it's just not good it's not
0: good and swerve doesn't feel like a few weeks ago when he was in the feud uh still and was, you know, still like in the tag team uh stuff with the acclaimed, it felt like Swerve could break off and become like a really good heel in the company, a singles heel. He's kinda cold right now. Again. It doesn't it doesn't feel like he's been on the, the forward trajectory. now, uh MJF paid Roosh some money in the back. Um he asked dipshit Jose to uh, to translate what <laughs> Roosh was saying. So next week we're gonna get Brian Danielson versus Roosh and again. Another. We're gonna
3: have a hell of a match.
0: We will. And, we will. Nobody thinks Brian Danielson is gonna lose. No, Roosh will lose. He'll look good. And um, we get to do the TBS Championship: Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Mm. And picture and picture. <laughs> just, I mean, a real bummer here because this is. Fifty. This is her fiftieth win. She's fifty and O. And we're gonna go back to Red Velvet for I think the third time. Oh man! And we don't have. It's look. It's not that they don't have anyone for Jade anymore. Right now they've brought in plenty. I mean, there's someone like a Ruby.
3: There's someone like a. Uh, what Tony about Storm? Seri- what? Uh, what Red? about Serena Deeb? Even Serena yeah. Deeb. I mean, there's Mercedes a lot of- Martinez, who's the ROH Women's Champion.
0: I think where is she? And- it's not a coincidence that they have kept Jade in her own world. She's not ever come close to anything with a Brit breaker, a, T- a Brit Baker, Tony storm, Jamie hater. And, um, and Soraya, those are the women who they think are the top. You see how they're given segments, the matches they're given. They're all involved in the championship and she's just been off. And, and I don't know. Is it that she's not been able to improve enough in the ring? They don't trust her there. I don't know, but it's very weird at this point for her to have had fifty matches, fifty wins. They didn't really make a big deal out of it either for her. They made a big deal out of Jungle Boy when he won fifty matches like two years ago. They gave him a big plaque and That's like a, point. a ceremony, and they, <laughs> they didn't make this a big deal at all for fifty wins undefeated. Why isn't she wanting to go get the other women's championship?
3: Yeah, I would have. I would have done everything I could to. I mean, honestly. Seriously, and I'm not comparing. What's what's the difference between her and Goldberg? He 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 wasn't very good in the ring. No, but so why and can't like, they do
0: this with her? And but and just from like, a, if I'm watching this in real life, why doesn't she say she wants the other title? Why know. doesn't she say I can? I'm better than all of you. I'm going to go after all of you. Yeah. At least come and at least have her say. I don't care about that. I've made this the title. Right? Give me something like that. At I least I agree. Like, so I have a reason why. And then the second thing, why am I booing her? Like, she beats everybody impressively. And then after the match, she comes out and she's hugging her daughter. Like, like, why am I supposed to boo her? It's not even like she cheats
3: in the matches. Again, it just, if if you're going to push her, which I think she's talented enough to get it done, you've got to turn her into a Goldberg type. And they haven't been able, you know, they haven't been able to do it with her. I'm with you. I, I would, I, I just don't get it, man. I she, don't get it. We, we it, talk about her a lot and it just, not, nothing ever seems to change.
0: In the same match, somebody came out, attacked her partner at the ring who was allowed to be there. La- who Lyla was allowed Gray. to be there. Layla Gray, Layla Gray. Layla Gray. Layla Gray was supposed to be, it was fine, you know? And it's, it's hilarious. Like everything about this, Jade was, was sort of positioned like the baby face. Um, 50 and zero for jade uh we already talked about the little backstage between brit and ruby and uh and then we have a main event where darby <laughs> allen just comes running out with a jacket with thumbtacks on it and just goes diving into samoa joe i i really like darby man he's yeah, good
3: a, he's a star he is, he, is. A
0: star. He, he just like the way he moves is different and i think for as much as we've critiqued a lot of AEW things, almost every time he's in one of these main event matches, they do really well. The ratings are good. And the match is fun and entertaining. And I just, I worry about this guy, man. He's just taking these calls. <laughs> His
3: longevity, you mean? I know.
0: God. <laughs> it's like, but you know what? People said that about Foley, and they said it about Jeff Hardy. You That's know what true. I mean? And and they And they were around for a while. But here's, again, what I don't get. Match, good. Samoa Joe gets the win. And then after the match, here comes Wardlow. Like, this guy was just made to look like an absolute absolute jobber a few weeks ago. And now, like, why do I care about another Wardlow versus Joe match? These guys were a team. They had a match. They had a feud. And Joe beat him clean one of the things that AEW had said early on for a while was they weren't going to do a bunch of rematches. I mean, how many of these feuds are, are being replayed? We're going to get a Moxley-Page third, at least, match, which I actually don't even mind. You and I have said a few times that they should have had other rematches when they when they didn't in feuds right. that were good. But this is weird. Like, wh- <laughs> why,
3: why do I care about Wardlow? <laughs> I I I don't not know Not for this, not for this. And he's been missing what, you know, uh, you know, why, why not? It, my question is, and I, you know, they have these scrums. Where's Miro? Why wouldn't you bring him out in this position? And, and if, and here, I like, if he's so, hurt, come out and say this guy can't work because, for a year. Cause AW will literally
0: tell us when John Moxley goes to rehab, <laughs> right? You're not going to tell us that Miro is hurt. Like you are trying to be the real company. Oh, Miro is, hey, you know what? Miro's filming a movie, but he checked in with a promo from the set, right? Give us that. You that's know what it? I mean? Like, yes. that's it. Or Miro, you know, I I, I needed some time off. God was angry with me. You know, something like that. Rana like give us, was driving me
3: insane. You know, whatever.
0: <laughs> give me something. But, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's funny because it, for a lot of the critiques, the matches were fantastic again. They were, and, absolutely. And it's. Chad and I have discussed every episode of AEW Dynamite on this show since they've started. It was like right around the time we started doing this when they were having weekly episodes and we like the wrestlers on the show. We know some of the people personally. I enjoy watching it a lot. It, like I've said, I do the same thing with the star Wars movies and shows and the Marvel movies and shows I watch and the TV shows I'm watching. This is good. This is interesting. Ooh, that could have been better or Ooh, that should have been better or Ooh, they could have done it that way. And people write fan fiction and stuff, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like
3: that's,
0: that's what it comes down to. So good in ring stuff from AEW. Let's see if they can continue to get the, uh, the storyline stuff better, the production stuff better, the, uh, you know, just clean it up a little bit there. Koopa loop no football this week, but we, let's no, t- uh, we got thankfully. the big one. We got the big one next week. So next week, I'm going to give you some homework. Get a, get a fun yes. property. Have a uh, fun property. Prop. Love so the old we can talk. Talk next week. And then, uh, after that, we can start talking a little bit in some of these weeks about maybe like your Houston Cougs and some Ooh, good, uh, yeah, man, good little college basketball moving in at the end too. So this week clear that mind and let's got get it. ready. Let's get ready for some props next weekend. For the uh, for the big one, my man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We uh, talked a lot of Rumble, some AEW, some NXT, and I'm I'm really excited for SmackDown for Friday. I'm, I mean, what's going to happen with the Bloodline next? I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited for that.
3: Yeah, it's it's been a great week for wrestling. Royal Rumble, Raw. I mean, hell, it was a great Friday night SmackDown before the pre-Rumble, and then going into that NXT was good. AEW had great matches. I you know. Who's coming? Who's coming back? Who's debuting this Friday night? The Bloodline in itself is the reason why we're we're probably uh, tuning in. Great week of wrestling, just because there's no football. You know, there's always a good week of wrestling. Gino. And this
0: is when wrestling picks their game, right? Up, oh, right? yeah, because they right. know that what? people sure. are watching more. So they sort of they save some of their best material for right now for the road to WrestleMania. Oh yeah,
3: definitely one hundred percent.
0: Make sure to give him a follow at the Chad Cooper Cooper You can check him out on Twitter and on Instagram. He's here with us each and every week talking everything in the world of wrestling. Thank you so much, buddy. You have a great weekend. All right, Gino. So, uh, thanks so much, folks. Appreciate you hanging out with us. And we still have a lot more to come on this episode of that's what G said. That's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Big thank you to Angela for helping us out. We'll try to get Angela back in the next few weeks to talk a lot more racing. Always enjoy conversations with her. And then it was really fun to talk with Colin for the first time. Big thanks to Colin for helping us out. You hear Chad Cooper each and every week here. Cooper Loop talking this week in wrestling so a big uh super bowl preview next week with eric then we'll start moving into nba and college basketball we'll also get back into the world of marvel and the mcu with uh, ant-man coming up soon we'll have some star wars stuff soon also with the uh, the mandalorian season three coming up right so uh really excited for everything going on now in the uh in the world of sports as We're finishing up football and making the move into basketball. Big Kentucky Derby prep races each and every weekend, and you'll hear all about them right here on That's What G Said.